Well, what is up, all of our liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee. How's it going today, Chuck? I'm still drumming, man. Yeah, I like it. Music City here. Today is Liberty at Night, by the way, but normally we're Good Morning Liberty. But okay, this is not a dumb bleep of the week. It's just dumb Tuesday. But if I were to say, here's the first thing we are talking about, and there are nine of them. But I don't know if we're going to vote because I didn't. I didn't mean for this to be a dumb bleep of the week. I just knew that this was our last live episode of the week, and that I should throw in a bunch of stuff that I've been uh, emailing myself over the weekend and all that. Curating this, mm-hmm. yeah. and so I don't want to waste all this. This is actually kind of good news. This year, year of our Lord, twenty twenty three is the least productive Congress since the Great Depression. Amen. I mean, I had no idea things were that good. That's amazing. Congress has only written 21 laws this year. That's 21 too many. Yeah, that uh, I thought this was good news. Why'd they do 21? On pace to be the least productive gathering of lawmakers since the Great Depression, as members draw more headlines for confrontations than public policymaking. Uh, with only 21 bills making it in the... Into law halfway into November, the 118th Congress, controlled by Republicans in the House and Democrats, and the Senate is the most sluggish pace to make law since the Congress that met during 1931 and 32. Amen. Back then, Herbert, Hallelujah. Herbert Hoover, the vacuum guy, was president. The Great Depression had started, and talking movies were still new. Hmm. Representative Chip Roy, part of a group in the House that has stopped several spending bills from advancing to the Senate, saw his frustration boil over on the House floor Wednesday. Quote, one thing, I want my Republican colleagues to give me one thing, one, that I can go campaign on and say we did. I think saying that you did nothing is about the best thing that you could say. Yeah. Why do you need to, like, oh, here, look. Go on the campaign trail. Here's a list of rights I took away this year. Why are you going to do that? Go on the campaign trail and just be like, we did absolutely nothing. And that is the best and then thing just you quote, could have done. Then just quote our founding fathers. The that the best government is that which governs least. Now on the flip side, I guess and you could you just be like, we took least to Great Depression levels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to one of your uh, Coke cans over there is blocking the uh, the text. <laughs> you got a nice stack over there. You got what do you got? Six, nine, ten. Ten cans, mm-hmm. or and they're ten cans. They are, and I'm, you got, got, I'm working on one. You got ten, ten cans over there. Yeah. How about that? Anybody sitting in the complex, if you want to come down to the floor and come explain to me one meaningful, significant thing the Republican majority has done, well, I think that thing is stopping Congress from doing things. The lack of productivity puts a punctuation mark on the first half of a Congress that has managed to do the bare minimum. Fund the government. Except for get rid of democracy. <laughs> That's what they've mainly been working on. Fund the government, raise the debt ceiling while also embarrassing itself with the first ever ouster of a House Speaker mid-session, a subsequent three-week-long search for a new one, and most recently a threatened fight between a senator and a committee witness, which I wanted to see play out, but it didn't happen. The center of the embarrassment has been the GOP-controlled House, which has struggled to pass anything of consequence with its razor-thin four-seat Republican majority. The Senate, meanwhile, has been... Content to deal with the rare legislation the House sends over while grasping for bipartisan deals on immigration and aid to Ukraine. Isn't it great to see our system work? Mm. You know, they got to wait for the House to send stuff over. They're not sending stuff over. That's amazing. Checks and balances. Mm. I like that. You know, maybe the Republicans are doing something right and that something is nothing. Okay. Well, that was the first thing. This is not a dumb Mm. belief. 
But here's the second thing that we're going to talk about uh, today. And did you see over the weekend that uh, the uh, Mark Johnson, the Speaker of the House, released all of the January 6th footage like on the website? We could go and download every single video of every single security camera Does footage. the Speaker of the House have that power? Yeah, they can release it. That's one of the things that Kevin McCarthy said he was going to do, and he ended up just releasing it to Tucker Carlson, uh, and that's one of the things that people were upset about. Because Tucker and Carlson paid him some money? So so Mike Johnson, I don't know how that happened. Uh, Mike Johnson came in and just, it's all on a website. You can go download all of it. And mm. what we saw was more, uh, it turns out we saw all of the violent, we've seen all the violent clips. Okay, we've seen those plenty of times. There are, we lost several good windows that day. Okay, that that definitely happened. Uh, but then there were a lot of other ones where they were basically police giving people escorts around the building and and things like that. People taking pictures and taking selfies and and all that. So anyway, Charlie from Lindy Lee. All right, she tweets. Mike Johnson still seems fake. Yeah, I don't think he's a real yeah. guy. He's an AI generated guy, I think. Just released thousands of hours of J6 footage to manipulate us into thinking the coup was peaceful. Now, here's how you manipulate someone, Charlie. You release all the footage. You give them all the information. <laughs> yeah. You don't put any spin on anything whatsoever. You just give everyone a link to download all the videos. Yeah. But that's manipulation. Lindy says this is right out of the fascist playbook. That's what Hitler did. They were known for their transparency. Mussolini went around releasing video footage. Mm hmm. In Italy, back in aught forty, yeah, two or something like that, I think. Well, who can forget all the security footage that was released of the the Reichstag fire? That's right. They distort the truth and call you crazy for doubting their highly curated version of events. <laughs> they didn't curate; they released all of it. Do the n- other version was curated. Do not <laughs> fall for their <laughs> propaganda. Propaganda. The version we yeah. have is highly curated. Yeah. It's only the violent clips taken and played on repeat. This is a completely non-curated <laughs> version of events. This isn't propaganda because it's every single video from the day. Lindy Lee is Delulu. <laughs> Delulu. That's what's happening That's right now. As the kids say. How how bad does it have to be to where you gaslight yourself? <laughs> like you write a tweet to gaslight yeah. yourself mm-hmm. to be like, they're saying that they're telling me the truth or actually they're releasing everything and not saying anything. This has to be propaganda. propaganda. So I need to tweet about it and convince myself that I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what propaganda is these days. You release every single bit of recorded information and let the people decide completely on their own. That's a, that's propaganda. If I ever saw it. Uh, let's talk about the Israel thing real quick. People are coming after Thomas Massey because he doesn't want to give Israel your money. Uh, Thomas Massey, this is the third thing. It's not dumb bleep number three, but this is the third thing that we're talking about today. Why does Israel historically get more foreign aid than any other country? Because they have the most aggressive lobbyists working for them. I voted not to send another $14.3 billion overseas, so now they're running ads on radio, TV, and Facebook. I won't vote to give them your money. And so now they're running all these campaign ads against Thomas Massey, of course. I guess he's like a Hamas sympathizer or something. <laughs> but at the end of the day, he just, to, to put his name on there, what he's saying is that someone should put a gun to your head, take money out of your wallet, and give it to people in a different country. Yeah. And that's it. You know? And he's like, I don't want to do he's that. He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think that's bad. So some of the, I was going to say dumb, but this is not dumb bleep of the week, but this is part of the ridiculous nature of, of the third thing we were talking about today. The top comment on here, Rodster says, uh, you seem to have a blase attitude when it comes to Israel. Israel is the steward of the holiest land on earth. It's the place where baby Jesus was born. It cannot fall into the hands of ISIS terrorists who will destroy it all if they have the chance to. You can't treat it like it's just a run-of-the-mill country. It's not. We, along with the other Western countries, have a moral obligation to protect her. There are plenty of much lower priority things that our money is being wasted on. Focus on those things. You can cut spending and protect Israel at the same time. All right. Um, so hang on. Uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which is on the West Bank. Ooh, <laughs> that's problematic. Let's see. I, I'm pretty sure. Of yeah. course, that's all Israel to the. What is are this, known today as Zionists, and I'm not making this, any political statement about that. Territory? But. No, this is sectioned off, or this is in Palestine, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They carved out Jeru- Jerusalem. Yeah, I'm looking at the lines here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure right now it's in Palestine. <laughs> T-Dub said, which was Rome at the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so anyway, it, all uh, Caesars. Aside from whether or not he was factually accurate about it being the birthplace of baby Jesus, let's say it was the birthplace of baby Jesus, and that's all Israel. I'm pretty sure grown-up Jesus doesn't need us to protect the place that he was born. I don't think we need tens of thousands of dead people so we could plant a flag of of man's government on the birthplace of where he was born a couple thousand years ago. And we don't need to steal people's money. Yeah. And give to... Like, is that what Jesus had to do? Take money from this person who's struggling to pay their bills so you can protect the place I was born over 2,000 years ago and kill thousands of people in the process? Mm -hmm. Is that what Jesus said? Well, that was the lost commandments. Okay. The lost (laughs) commandments. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Mm, My bad. Um, It was the ark of war that God had laid out. I want... If we're going to make arguments about protecting Israel... I'm sorry, I just, I want no religious argument arguments about it. There are so many religions in the world and I'm not going to pick one and say that we should, that we, that's what other countries do. Like that's what uh, some of the Islamic terrorists do. Like they pick a religion and then they're going to die for this religion. Okay, now I don't think that we need to be picking Christianity and say that we're going to wage war and billions of dollars and tens of thousands of lives to protect a, a place that someone was born a couple thousand years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's Jesus. If he wants it cleared out when he comes back, he can probably hit a button and get that taken care of. You know, he can zap all them out to left behind land and uh, get all these people out of there and just come back. Like he doesn't need our help folks. All right. Mm-mm. We got to take also, care of is- other people. Israel's already a rich nation. Yeah. And their financial situation is better. Yeah. Um, Thomas Massey says, this is not a parody account. And this guy says, I didn't figure that you would get it. It's just about money with you. <laughs> yeah, that's his job. Rod, how about you send your money? <laughs> if you believe in this so strongly, send your money. No one's stopping or you from doing this? that. How about this? How about your church? You get everyone together in your church and you guys start an army. And all of you guys go over there and start fighting to protect Bethlehem. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah. There's no reason that the U.S. government Which is has in to be Palestine, able to do that. by the way. <laughs> Just go do it. So, 
Okay, uh, that's the third thing. This is the fourth thing. Just a real quick one. Rob? Rob Reiner. He, uh, he X's out. If you vote for anyone but Joe Biden, you're not black. <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, I didn't say that. He said, if you vote for anyone but Joe Biden, you are voting to destroy American democracy. That's it. That checks out. Mm-hmm. That's... Um, Again, this is all religion to them. If you're not with me, you're against me. Like Joe Biden is Jesus to the Democrats right now. The the answer, you know what? We should postpone the election to protect democracy. I think we should. It's it's working out in Ukraine. You know, that's how they're going to do it. We're at proxy war right now. (laughs) So and it's too dangerous mm -hmm. when we're at proxy war. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Multiple proxy wars. We have declared proxy war. (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's just a real fast one. That's a fun one. This is the fifth thing that we will talk about today. Just number them. You're trying to... It's not Dumb Bleep of the Week. This is number five. I can't number them. It's not Dumb Bleep of the Week. Here's a video of a guy protecting himself and his family in California. I saw this. In LA. All right. So why is this on here? Uh, We shall see here in just a second. I make sure the volume... I don't know if there is any sound. Let's see. Nope. No sound on this one anyway. So you see robbers come up behind him. He pulls out a gun and shoots at the guys that are trying to rob him. Uh, you see them. That's where they come up from this camera angle. And he pulls out a gun and starts shooting. They have guns also, by the way. Uh, he shoots at them and they get away. Okay, so here are two armed robbers. Or one armed robber. Is that the that's the actual guy there? Yeah. Sorry. An armed robber. I don't know how many. Uh, comes up to the guy. His family is at home, tries to rob him when he's coming home, and he pulls out a gun to protect himself. Seems like a pretty good Second Amendment case if I've ever seen one Mm -hmm. right there. Uh, So as you would expect, uh, this guy had his concealed carry permit taken away by the LAPD. California man Vince Ritchie defended his family from two robbers at his home has been stripped of his concealed carry permit. Um, Let's see. We just talked about the video. Ritchie had a concealed carry permit, which saved his home from being robbed and potentially the lives of his family. Unfortunately, the sheriff's department in LA has stripped the permit away because Ritchie that he is uh, assuming right now, they haven't actually said why, because he yelled at the LAPD when they came to investigate. Um, there's a story about this uh, from the LA Times, and no one has actually confirmed why it got taken away. Of course, the LA Times talking talks about Richie becoming a poster child for the Second Amendment, uh, appearing on Fox News, and all that. And then um, they he appeared in the NRA video uh, afterwards. And according to the LAPD, which stressed on social media that the department had neither issued nor revoked Richie's permit, so it wasn't the LAPD. Um, the attempted robbery occurred at 7.30 p.m. in the 400 block of Plymouth Boulevard. Uh, he was not injured, and police said it was unclear whether the assailants were injured from gunfire, so there were two people. The two people who jumped over a wall in the Richie's home, and a third man believed to be a driver are still at large. Uh, in an email statement, the L.A. County Sheriff's Department confirmed that Richie's permit, which, had, which the department issued, had been suspended, but added that the department had been in contact with him and his family about permit protocols. Uh, there are avenues for Mr. Ritchie to reapply for his permit. Oh, so you let it expire. <clears throat> it expired right after yeah. he uh, he used it. Maybe there's a rule like there is with a, you know, like with a cop. They shoot someone and 
they investigate, make sure it was a clean shot. You know, you go through uh, shot. You know, do you, what officer do you know makes a shot? <laughs> they usually unload about four or five <laughs> clips. Clips, four or five yeah. clips. Yeah, yeah, that have a hundred <laughs> rounds inside of them. You know, I let my concealed carry uh, expire because we have constitutional carry, but the problem is now that doesn't carry over to other states. Your concealed carry in Tennessee would be recognized by most of the states that allow people to carry guns. Until like 2028 or something like that. Yeah, mine expired and I let it go. I was like, oh, we got got constitutional carry. And then I realized, well, now when I go out of state, technically I can't carry. Mm -hmm. Unless they also have constitutional carry in that state. So uh, maybe I should get that re-upped. I don't know. Um, here's something, and we'll have a Jordan Peterson video to accompany this. Uh, this would be the sixth thing that we are talking about today. Uh, from Marcia Wranglin Vassal. Uh, Charlie, what does uh, she have to say? Dear white people. <laughs> Everyone listen. If you want to disrupt and dismantle systemic racism, <laughs> maybe you should... S- <laughs> Maybe you should start yourself by just not addressing a certain group of people. <laughs> Is that not racist, dear white people? Well, I mean, talking to anyone who's white, what? you know. Is there a world where I could tweet, dear black people? Oh, sure. Sure, sure. <laughs> sure, you might get banned afterwards. I, but, know, yeah, I know. There's a world. Yeah. If you want to disrupt and dismantle systemic racism, sometimes you'll have to give up your seat at the table to let a... Let a historically marginalized black, brown, or indigenous person sit. Are you willing to do that? Sincerely, Mar. She said with all due and sincerity. <laughs> with sincerity. So to dismantle racism, you must lose your seat at the table because of your race and give it to another person because, because of, of their, their race. race. Mm-hmm. And then you'll dismantle racism. Yeah. After doing that, it's it's the whole fight <clears throat> fire with fire thing, man. I guess, yeah. The way it makes the sense, way to dismantle <clears throat> racism is with racism. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. <laughs> uh, the way the only way it makes sense but is when you think about how uh, people think about uh, our society, which is through the lens of a power struggle, oppressor versus oppressed. Because what this person this is, is thinking, how you summed up Israel and Palestine, mm-hmm. by the way, which I think Jordan Peterson stole from you. I think he did. Yeah. yeah. He took that right from me. This is his first time mentioning this mm-hmm. in this video. I saw this video. It's good. <laughs> but he mentions kind of our culture also. And the way that this makes sense to this person is that the only reason the white person had the seat, at, let's say it's a board, just the, the only reason the white person had that is because they are white and that's why they have it. And so any position of, of power that a white person has, they have by their virtue of being white. And so mm-hmm. therefore it makes it okay. By sheer brute force. Yeah. It makes it okay to take that away from them because they only got it because they're white. They didn't earn it. And so if you're going to fix that, well then you would give it to someone else because they're black. So that makes sense if you see that the world is like that, but it's not always like, sometimes it's like that. Sure. It's been like that in the past. Of course it could be like that. And in, in certain places and certain businesses or whatever, but it's not always like that. Sometimes it's because that person was better than the other person. Maybe mm-hmm. they were the best person to sit in that chair, you know? And so then you're, then you were doing something bad to fix something that you thought was bad. And here's Jordan Peterson talking about. And if about, you don't like chairs, you can get a standing desk. Yeah, you could do that too. Yeah. Is there room to stand? It's healthier anyway. Yeah. 
You know, but what happens is that you, they are then saying that well, being oppressed I is being good. Yeah. Well, this, but this is the this is the main issue. I mean, part of the reason that you see all this foolishness on university campuses too is because people have bought this idiot metamarxism, which is that the way to look at every social relationship that people ever have is through the lens of power. And that that is, we can put that squarely at the feet of the universities, as far as I'm concerned, is, you know, marriage is a patriarchal institution, and business is nothing but oppression, and you have to view every single situation that emerged historically as oppressor versus oppressed. And then once you get that, which you can get in about two minutes, if you sit in the course that teaches that sort of thing, you have a lens to moralize about the whole world through. And then you see the situation is that the leftists have already decided the Palestinians are the victims. And as you pointed out, if you're a victim, then you're morally righteous. And even more conveniently, if you stand for the victim, then you're morally righteous, regardless of what you do with your own life. And that's pretty much what university students are taught from the time they enter the university classroom. And that's how they, you know, orient themselves morally. Well, and I that's think. at the hands of the radical left, too, Bill. And one of the things the Democrats also have to pay the price for, I would say, is their absolute refusal to draw a line between the moderate Democrats and the extremists. They're completely incapable of doing that. Like, I've talked to 40 senators and congressmen in the last five years. I asked them all the same question, including RFK. He wouldn't answer either. When does the left go too far? Well, we certainly bloody well saw it in the last month, didn't we? Because they got the oppressor, oppressive narrative, a uh, little mucked up, we might say. And we're going to, the consequences of that are going to unfold pretty brutally over the next few months. That's a cool purple suit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking you know? too. Like that little, is that like a, what is that? What do you call that thing that old know. ladies put on their, yeah. <laughs> on their I collar? I wasn't talking about that. I was talking you about know? the suit itself. Yeah. It's a cool purple. It, yeah. It's interesting. You want to get yourself a purple suit? Maybe. Yeah, kind I of, feel like I could rock a purple suit. What if you end up looking like the, the Joker or something? That'd be you fine know? with that. Looking like the Joker? Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah. If I look like Heath Ledger, be fine with that. <laughs> what if you look like Joaquin Phoenix? I mean, he was kind of crazy. Uh, Dude, are you going to go see Napoleon? I am this weekend or no, this week. I feel like we should go watch it together. Okay. But you're probably I was, no. I, was, I don't know. You're if not going to wait. I might. Yeah. No. I mean, I want to see it in IMAX. So if it's going to be in the IMAX over at Opryland, then it is. Okay. Yeah, we need to go see it for sure. Seventy millimeters. The movie looks ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, I'm pumped about it. I hope it's good. <clears throat> um, anyway, okay, so that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking, Wrangle. Dan. I'm more of the Barney purple suit. That's what I'm going for. Eleutheromania. The insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. We're back, Liberty Night with Nate and Charlie. Let's get back into the conversation before the break. You can't, you can't look at any. Uh, also, you can't look at any disproportionate outcome. Like, let's say that there's more white people than black people at the table, and let's assume it's some kind of board. You can't just say that that's also systemic racism. That could also be proportionate to the population, yeah, or maybe the proportionate to the community that people are in, uh, or maybe there just happened to be more white people that were highly proficient in whatever that was and and those 
nine, however many people are at the board, there were nine white people that were better than the best black person was at that, yeah. you know? And you, that's how you can end up with a, a disproportionate outcome, but it doesn't mean it was racism. There are white know? people fighting this, though. I mean, you have to commend Tony Romo for giving up his quarterback spot oh, yeah. to Dak Prescott. One of the all-time great moves, yeah. just now, giving that up. he probably should give up his seat next to Jim Nance now. Mm-hmm. You know, because, and all his money. Yeah, because he's probably taken someone else's seat there. He went you know? from being my favorite my favorite commentator to honestly, I think he's one of the worst out there. It's these yeah, days. I feel like so, they're holding them back. They are, which is annoying. I think it's because of the betting market. All right, let's uh, let's go on to the which number would this be? Seventh thing that we are talking about uh, today. Yesterday, Charlie, as I'm sure you have marked down on your calendar, I'm so sick of all the days. By the way, <laughs> you know, I'm sick of every day. I'm is buying a, a cake every day. Every day is a day for something. <laughs> Okay. I have so much cake left over I from swear, all these days that I swear I've been we've celebrating. Had the day of remembrance like eight times this year. And then we got uh Didn't some, we have a whole month in June? There's like Native American heritage something month or day or whatever on Friday that they clearly stuck right after Thanksgiving. You know what you know? days you don't have? <clears throat> Anything celebrating white men. Charlie, that's every day. <laughs> okay. That's what someone would say. Back to that. I'm just saying, look at your calendar. All right. You put the notifications like up at the top of your phone. Put a widget on there. Mm-hmm. Every day has got some kind Every of day. dumb name. All right. Karen Jean-Pierre Karen. <laughs> tweets and said. Karine, come on. Oh, I thought it was Karen. <laughs> uh, today on Transgender Day of Remembrance, we grieve the 26 transgender Americans who were killed this year. Year after year, we see that these victims are disproportionately black women and women of color. Got a video associated with this as oh, well. Man. So, we, you know, we got to pay attention to this. It's disproportionate outcomes for something. And uh, the people, these are specifically people that are trans. And uh, so she has words to say about this. Now, today on Transgender Day of Remembrance, we grieve the 26 transgender Americans who were killed this year. Year after year, killed we or see that themselves. these victims are disproportionately black women and women of color. No one should face violence, live in fear, or be discriminated against simply for being themselves. As the president said, there's still more to do to meet the promise. And it's why this administration has taken urgent action to strengthen rights and protect the safety of transgender Americans and all LGBTQ plus Americans. As we mourn the loss of lives that have been taken too soon, we must also recommit ourselves to never stop fighting until all Americans can live free from the discrimination and also from hate. All right. So this right here is uh, what I would call a big lie. Okay, this whole day is a lie. Now, I'm not saying that there hasn't been a transgender person that was killed specifically because of the fact that they were transgender and it had nothing to do with anything else. It wasn't a drug transaction or a robbery, a sex transaction gone wrong, something like that. I hate it when you get and someone gets killed in a sex accident. You know, those are those are super dangerous. Mm -hmm. Okay, but here's the problem. They literally take every transgender person that gets killed murdered or killed, maybe just homicide. And they put this blanket assumption. They talk about them and they say that they were killed because they are transgender. 
So she says people should be free, uh, you know, not have to live in fear because of who they are and they should be free from hate. But the question is, as people were saying in the group, was who killed them? How did they die? Why? What's Why the did they die? What is it? And so I went through some of them. I found an article that listed out like eight of them. Okay, now you would assume this article came out yesterday. It was talking about the transgender day of remembrance. So what you would assume is this article has cherry-picked the eight, since they had maybe eight in the article, that they have cherry-picked the eight worst hate crimes that took place. Against, against transgenders for, in 2023. For being transgender. And what I found in those eight that they listed was one that could have been a hate crime, possibly. Mm. And all the other ones were robberies, drug transactions, a sex transaction gone wrong. Uh, someone was charged with murder. They ended up saying self-defense uh, because the guy claimed that he met up for some sex, sexual activities and that they tried to rob him and that he had to defend himself. Now, maybe he went there to rob him, rob them or they. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure uh, which one it was. They named that a Tortuguita, the guy who, or girl or whoever died uh, in the Atlanta stop cop city thing uh, that the police killed. Now, are you making the are are you making the assertion that the cops killed old Tortuguita uh, because they were trans or because the story is now we can argue about whether or not this was a good or bad shoot or what's going on with police brutality in this case, but the argument was that Tortuguita had uh, shot at the cops. And in this protest, they've had some pretty crazy protests down there. For yeah, this but if you hear the radio thing. transmission, it's <clears> like the, the, you know, officer number one says to officer number two, bro, that chick has a penis. Yeah, that's what they got that on the shoot on radio. Shoot him. Mm hmm. And then there you have it. That's, that's what that's what happened. That's proof. That was the first. Not person. that they were being <clears throat> shot at. No, 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 not that. It no. wasn't. It was because it wasn't bullets flying past their head. It was because they were trans. Yeah. That's why the shooting Simply. happened. And so this big lie, every year, it gets preached out to us all throughout the year. They'll name 22 trans, be 28 trans, with the disproportionate violence against trans people and disproportionately uh, black and women or men or men who think they're women of color. And, and that's who it's against. And so this is all about hate. And what you actually find out is that a higher proportion of these people are involved in some type of criminal activity. And ended up dying like all other sorts of people die all throughout the year because of some type of activity that was going on there. Maybe they got robbed. Maybe they got killed in a home invasion, something like that. But they make the assumption that it was because they were trans and they go out here and they preach about how this is all about hate. Once again, I'm not saying that there haven't been any that happened. But in the article I looked up, which was talking about the transgender day of remembrance, uh, they didn't name a single one that had been clarified and found and investigated to be specifically because the people were trans. Yeah. Well, it just shows your trans hate. <clears throat> that's, that's what it is. Trans can, hate, trans hate. I like what T-Dub said. He said, the transgender killer still on the loose. Will they, them ever be caught? <laughs> is that multiple killers? I don't know which one. Um, okay. Well, I did put some of the article in here. Okay. The eighth thing that we're going to talk about today <laughs> Yesterday was, uh, I didn't look at what number birthday it was. Can someone look and see how old Joe Biden is real quick? 80, it was his birthday yesterday. It's got to be 83, 82. Is it 83? I think it might be 83. Um, his, birthday, his birthday was yesterday. And they this, set his cake on fire. <laughs> so here's the, here's the discussion that happens when you're running his campaign. 
Okay, we're going to do a picture with a cake, Mr. President. Actually, they're not talking to him because he's not there. Uh, they're talking and they're like, okay, what are we going to do for Joe Biden's cake? Oh, and 81. They, and they say, well, we could just put one candle on it and have him blow it out. He probably has the lung capacity to do that. Uh, so they put the one candle on, but they're like, no, no, no. Then it seems like we're trying to shy away and hide how how old he is. And then they're like, well, let's just buy some of those numbers. We'll get some of those numbered candles. And it says 81. You're like, no, 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 no. We, you can't put the actual number on there. Like, that's too crazy. Hardly anyone's seen a cake with those numbers on it before. Okay, we don't want to put those numbers. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to go all out on this. We're going to accept it. We're going to own it. And we're going to put 81 mother candles on this cake. And we're going to light it's them all funny, on fire. Actually. I mean, okay? Yeah. And the cake... This really isn't dumb. This is kind of cool. <laughs> the cake... Looks like the table's on fire. <laughs> and so... The, it's kind of awesome, actually. In this case, I would just not do the picture with the cake. Now, did Bowman pull the fire alarm after this? <laughs> he probably, yeah, he probably did. <laughs> it was in preparation. Yeah. Now, when I saw this, I immediately saw the meme, the this is fine meme, there's a little dog sitting in the, in the uh, room saying this is fine. So I don't know if you saw me sitting in the, uh, sitting in the car when I got to your house. Uh, I sat out there for about 15 minutes because I'd just seen this picture. And I was like, well, I got to make a meme. This morning? Yeah. No. I was I like, didn't. I, I got to make a meme using the uh, this is fine thing uh, because I think that would make the most sense. And so I made this meme right here of that little dog sitting there with Joe Biden saying, that, have you seen this before? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is the image that they have just portrayed uh, to the world. Everything's right fine. There. Yeah. This is fine. Don't worry about it. There's... There is a literal campfire on the table right now, and that's just his birthday cake. T-Dub says uh, his cake looks like Gaza. (laughs) That is a 164th scale Gaza (laughs) model. And that's how they they present to the president. (laughs) Like, if you send us more money, this is what Gaza will look like. There you go. That's the selling point. Um, And then let me see. We got one more thing on here. This was a late entry for today's episode, not dumb bleep of the week, uh, for from myself uh, that I saw, and it's going to come from MSNBC. Oh, so we got a nice clip from MSNBC. Today. Gaslight NBC. Gaslight NBC. Now, of course, they're worried about Donald Trump. Okay, who, as you know, is Hitler. Mm. Of course, I didn't have to say that. You already assumed that, and of course, how dictatory he's going to be when he gets into office dictatorial he's going to be when he gets into office is that is that old reverend that's old reverend uh, al sharpton Sharpton. he's still kicking Hmm. okay and the quote here that we'll look for in a second term trump will imprison he will execute whoever he is allowed to imprison execute drive from the country just look at his past it's not really hard to read huh what is he like trump talks in simple terms so it's not hard to read his Letters. I'm trying to. Fi- I'm trying to figure out what past they're. They do know that the guy was president before, right? You know, did he execute people? I don't. I mean, other than being a war criminal like all U.S. presidents, um, I don't know about the people that he specifically executed. Uh, but let's listen to this um, just mind numbing clip from msnbc and joe that's joe scarborough is that his mm-hmm. name okay yeah. i don't know who this girl is because i'm sexist yeah have a responsibility to, to really to tune out the voices 
of of the haters of of the people that are constantly uh, double and triple checking and shilling for him and suggesting Sick. that somehow they're being biased, bending over backwards, treating him like a normal candidate. He's not a normal candidate. Are they talking about Joe Biden so far? I can't, I can't really tell. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he is running to end American democracy as we know it. Still, I don't know who they're talking about. <laughs> I haven't heard it yet. He's an authoritarian who a, a court uh, in, in Colorado two days ago ruled that, that he led an insurrection against the United States government. He's charged with leading schemes to help overthrow the United States government. Oh. He's what? He's charged with leading schemes to help. Now they're saying overthrow the United States government. Mm. That is... I don't know why you have to go further than like what he tried to do, which is he tried to overturn the election results by trying to get the governor of Georgia to investigate the votes and see if he could find any fraudulent votes. Because anytime you look, you can find some fraudulent votes. And I don't know if you're going to find uh, 11,000 or whatever it was that he was looking for, but you can find some votes. You know, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that that's the same thing as trying to overturn overthrow the united states government well it's scheming to do that yeah but he's <laughs> his goal was not to overthrow the government his yeah. his goal was to still be the president of the of the united states government this, it was never like we're going to overthrow the government this coming from the same group who when trump won said not my president they spent four years investigating him said did he trying, the election <laughs> saying he stole the election trying to overthrow the United States government. <laughs> yeah. They wanted Trump out. Okay, let's hear some more. So so if they want to frame it uh, that way, that's fine. If, if you want to be fair, if you want to be fair, then you will frame this uh, as uh, Joe Biden being the candidate that supports American democracy and Donald Trump, a candidate who supports a new form of government here, this authoritarian. It's really that simple. And- that's the fair way to frame it. That's the fairest way I've ever heard it framed. I've never heard a more fair framing than what that was. This now, isn't propaganda, by now, the way. I hate the... This is the truth. You know, new, maybe new listener listening right now, somewhere out there. Okay, just for your information, Charlie and I, neither one of us voted for Donald Trump either time that we had a chance to do it. Mm-mm. Okay. Uh I'm not saying that he was the most uh, libertarian. Okay, well, actually, we have said he was the most libertarian president that we'd seen in our lifetime. I said possibly, possibly whenever we talked to Brian. Um, so that's possible. But it's not like we're over here shilling for Donald Trump all the mm-hmm. time. All right. And I've said that I think it's going to be revenge Trump if he wins. And I think it, it could end up being kind of bad. Not so much about fixing the country and uh, restoring our rights and all that. And more so getting back at the people who wronged him mm-hmm. like it's a vendetta for people who have wronged trump yep. not so much the american people and he'll be okay. a lame duck so he'll have four years to just and get back do and- whatever he wants exactly mm-hmm. now i don't think that that's instituting a new kind of american government like it let's say he's going to get in there and defund the fbi or maybe the uh i don't know homeland security or something like that um Okay, you could say new form of American government, technically rewinding us back like a hundred years or whatever, as far as the size of the government. Still not. It'd still be way bigger than, than what it was then. But I don't just want to accept that anyone who wants to decrease the size of the government that like Trump allegedly wants to is someone who's just going to institute some type of authoritarian. Decreasing the size and scope and power of the government is not equal to 
authoritarianism. It's actually the opposite. Those are different yeah. things. Okay. And by right. the way, Reverend Al, when people go, oh, you can't compare him he to past Nazi leaders. You can't compare him to this past Nazi leader or that past fascist leader because he hasn't done that. Well, what hasn't he done? He hasn't done the things that the American judicial system did not allow him to do last time. But now- Don't you remember the big Supreme Court case? And this, I mean, we all watched it live on TV. This is where Trump had put a whole bunch of Jews in concentration camps. Mm -hmm. And then they had a big Supreme Court decision came forward and says, no, 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 no. You got to let those Jews go back outside. Yeah. You know, and so that it turns out, yeah, sure, sure. He didn't do these things because the American court system, he didn't do the things that past Nazi dictators did Mm -hmm. because the American judicial system didn't allow him to do it. Wouldn't allow him to do it. Checks and balances. There you go. Okay. It even works against Nazism. May very well allow him to do this time or a judicial system that will be ignored by Donald Trump and ran over by Donald Trump to create the greatest constitutional crisis of our lifetimes. Just because he hasn't done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it when he gets a chance to do it. Like like he did, like he's been the president before. Yeah. He already served four years. And he, he was Hitler last time already. Yeah. The fear, I haven't heard this much fear yet. So <laughs> oh, they're of, worried about him. They are. They're worried. Which, I told you, Nate. Mm-hmm. I told they're you. They're worried. I told you this guy's going to win. You don't believe me. He's going to win. I think there's a chance. And they are... I'm even more convinced of it now. As worried as Joe Scarborough is. Yeah, they're, they're I'm, scared. I'm even more convinced of it now. Now, it's, notice they also said he didn't do the things because the American uh, court system didn't let it do it. How many things that Biden tried to do against the Constitution has the court system struck down since he got into office? <laughs> yeah. Like he's tried to do... Well, but he's trying to protect democracy. There's a difference, Nate. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. There's a difference between <laughs> trying to exterminate Jews and protect democracy. All right, those are the nine things that we're going to talk about today, Charlie. I wanted to we hear just, Al uh, Sharp. Oh, well, let's yeah. see what he had to say. And if he is, well, I'm sorry, that was a racist moment for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, no, you we heard from the white people, the Reverend, yeah. voted into office. Then a lot of these people that are talking about literal or figurative or whatever the hell they're saying, you're going to look like idiots uh, because he will do. He will get away with, he will imprison, he will execute whoever he's allowed to imprison, execute, uh, 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 drive from the country. Uh, Just look at his past. It's not really hard to read. Only again, the only thing that stood between what about his past? Like he will execute whoever he's allowed to execute. Just look at his past. Mm. (laughs) What are you you talking about? (laughs) I mean, it seems like he'll grab women by the P word. Well, yeah, obviously we know that. Is that the same as executing? Well, he executed the P word grab. That's what you're talking about. It's a move. Yeah. You know, we all know that. But, uh, does Al Sharpton get a get to speak in this class? Him and the destruction of American democracy was the federal judiciary. No doubt about it. And and I think that uh, when we talk about framing this. Oh, OK, that was it. That's all Al Sharpton gets to say. And I, I like how they're coming out and saying it. That we talk about framing this conversation. They're literally framing it mm-hmm. in, in, in a way that perpetuates their narrative 
you know, that this is the most evil person to ever exist. Now, look, again, I don't really like Donald Trump. I think he's a liberal Democrat from New York who spends a bunch of money, has no fiscal responsibility whatsoever. He's definitely not an Austrian uh, economist or Chicago, Chicagoan economist. No, he doesn't understand economics that well when it comes to those things. Um, I don't like him that much when it comes to, but I think that he did when he was president and had some good policies. At least we didn't start any new wars. I wish we would have, he could have ended more, you know, he could have brought our troops home to be fair. He, he tried to bring people home from Syria and they literally ignore them. Yeah, but he's a commander in chief <laughs> could have been like, do it now or you lose your job. He tried three find, times, I think, and I'll find someone who will do it. <laughs> um, anyway, my point is, and then here's the other thing. It's like anyone here's anyone could do all these scary things. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like to have this fear because especially when he said like he's capable of doing it and he, he might do it. Like he Mm -hmm. will, we should be scared because it might happen. You know, I'm just reminded of people living in fear because it's like, Oh, well then, you know, you might get in a car wreck. So maybe you shouldn't drive your car because that's evil car. I mean, it's been could happen. Yeah, exactly. It could happen. It could happen. So we shouldn't do it. I, I just, um, he says something in there too, like anyone, he kind of laughs off, oh, you can't make comparisons to Hitler or Nazis or anything like that. And he says the people that are making fun of that are going to feel like idiots after Donald Trump is back in office once they see what he's going to do. So, I mean, I, I, we need to save this clip and just see uh, how many genocides Donald Trump does. <laughs> Uh, while he's in office, because from what I remember, I think it's going to be more or less than what he did last the last time he was in office. I would say, I would say the same amount of genocides. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't think he's going to increase his genocides. Yeah, you know, which is what he, you know, that's what made him better than the previous presidents. <laughs> he kept pace with the previous guy's genocides. Yeah. Didn't have his own to his own name. I'm more convinced now than I was ten minutes before this clip <laughs> that Donald Trump's going to be president. In 2024. Yeah. I, they are terrified. God. I'm terrified. These people are terrified. I don't actually think they're like, no. they're specifically terrified. I think they're obviously just doing their jobs. No, they're trying to get at least 20,000 people to watch their TV show. Yeah. That's all they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's, and also you notice like him stumbling for words. <laughs> He's trying oh, yeah. his best. You can see him just making stuff up. On the like, teleprompter, the craziest like, thing say, I can say the craziest things about Donald Trump. And that's the, the thing we need. Like you said, we're not big fans of Trump, but we also don't have TDS like a lot of people do. And what I want is just a fair conversation, an actual fair conversation. Yeah. Not one where you say it's fair and need to call him Hitler. You right. know, what an actual conversation about policies and what he says he's going to do, not what you're assuming he could do, stuff like that. I just want an actual fair conversation yeah. about it. And that's what I want about everyone. Talk to the Christians about how he's not really Christian. <laughs> See how that goes. You know, <laughs> be like, hey, evangelicals, you're supporting this guy who's not really, you know, in your camp. Yeah. Like it doesn't. That's one of the weirdest phenomenons I know. I've seen. So that's what made me think he might be the Antichrist, but I don't think enough people like him for that. Yeah. I think both sides have to like him, <laughs> technically. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie in a long time. <laughs>
Dante's Peak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Yeah. No, Twister. That's, that's, yeah, uh, yeah, that's the that's one right. I was thinking of. Right. Um, anyway, let's get out of here. That was not a dumb belief of the week. But Charlie, if you were to pick one, join the Fed Haters Club to figure out what his pick was. We'll be back with more Liberty at Night. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Tired of the ever-inflating U.S. dollar? You can live your life on Dash instead with some handy websites. BitRefill.com has been accepting Dash for years and has a ton of big-name retailers and brands including grocers, gas stations, phone refills, Amazon, and even prepaid MasterCards. Plus, many of their gift cards are available at a discount. But what about paying your bills? Spritz.finance can do that, and they can send dollars to your bank account in case you still need those for some reason. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Free Talk Live. What's up, all of our liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live network. And this hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. Rising fees have made Bitcoin useless for purchases, but Dash continues to have fees less than one cent per transaction and has implemented really cool features to ensure it is undefeated as the most useful cryptocurrency in the marketplace. From a technical standpoint, Dash transactions are irreversible and its network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering the Dash transaction complete, so it's great for merchants. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. And a big thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air, visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org. Big thanks to everyone who is joining us uh, to listen today. Normally, we have a podcast called Good Morning Liberty, which we run every single day uh, of the week. And so if you're listening to us on the radio right now, it's Liberty at Night. Make sure you go to goodmorningliberty.us. Go to joingml.com if you want to listen to the show live uh, every single day. And make sure you go... Look at some merch. We got all kinds of merch on our website. Go to goodmorningliberty.us and hit that. Find us on TikTok, on Twitter, or X, on Instagram, all those places. And at Good Morning Liberty, we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. Smash that follow button, smash that subscribe button. And as you can tell, the first thing that we're talking about today is the election of a libertarian president in the country on planet Earth. And uh, I don't know if uh, your mom just said good morning from downstairs. So oh. I guess we have uh, an audience right now. They could probably hear us yelling and all that. Um, so we have a libertarian president of a country on planet Earth. And I don't know how many times that has happened in history, other than some of the first presidents of America, I guess. Um, what are you frowning about right now? Weird pop-ups happening. Oh, <laughs> um, anyway. So we'll talk about Javier Mille a little bit, and then if we have some time, we'll talk about what's going on with Elon Musk and Media Matters and X and his lawsuit 
that is about to take place. I started this oh, off yeah. with a uh, started this off with a quote here from President Elect Miele. He says, uh, "I just saw this one this morning. I thought it was pretty good." Uh, the state is a pedophile in a kindergarten with the children chained up and bathed in Vaseline. So I think that's a great way of describing mm. the, the state. That was translated. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> he said that in Spanish mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely how, that's not how he said it, but that's how we say it. Um, <sighs> let's talk about some good things first. So the, the, the media, our, our news media is sounding the alarm on Argentina's new far-right Trump radical president. And it, it has me asking what it even means to be far-right. Like if you come in as a almost anarchist, minarchist, and that, that makes you far-right, I don't, I don't really know what scale they're using. Now, on some culture things, I guess he comes out far-right, but not far-right on economics. Also Trump-like? Yeah. Yeah. And what they mean is he is abrasive and he says whatever's on his mind. He's not afraid of making people upset when he's talking. He's not afraid of calling people out. He's not afraid of saying offensive things. He's very much populist. I mean, he is a populist. That's yeah. uh, that's true. Which, by the way, if you go back and watch the debate I did with Amanda, it would take a populist message for a libertarian to win. Mm-hmm. And this is proof in the Tapioca pudding. And unfortunately, my, my argument's going to be that that's still not, that that's not actually a, enough. But I don't want to rain on the parade yet, but I am going to nate this thing eventually in this conversation. Because I had a great conversation with a guy named Marcos uh, Falcone. Marcos Falcone, I think was his name. And, Falcone. Uh, yeah, we talked about, uh, we talked about Javier Mille. He is a political scientist in Argentina. And he said, no, there's not actually a libertarian revolution happening in Argentina right now. People are just upset. And he's the guy who's saying he's going to tear the whole thing down. But they, it's not like there's a bunch of anarchists running around down there or straight up libertarians reading Rothbard and stuff like that. They're just mad about the way things are. And if this doesn't go well, they'll topple him within a year. So that's, that, that's what he's up against right now. Does he have a dog named Rothbard? I don't know. I think I, I saw no that. I don't I've know seen, if it's true I heard or not. something about a dog. I did I hear something about not, a dog. But. Uh, yeah, so uh, the Washington Post says Argentina set for sharp right turn as Trump-like radical wins the presidency. A radical libertarian and admirer of Donald Trump rode a wave of voter rage to win Argentina's presidency on Sunday, crushing the political establishment and bringing the sharpest turn to the right in four decades of democracy in the country. <laughs> Javier Mille, 53-year-old far-right economist and former television pundit with no governing experience. See, they say the same thing about Vladimir Zelensky in Ukraine, I bet, when they talk about him being the president. <laughs> exactly. Claim nearly... No, 50- this, is, this is making him like Trump. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, govern- no governing experience. Claimed nearly 56% of the vote in a stunning upset over surge. It wasn't stunning at all. Like no, a, most people like, knew this was happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The center-left economy minister has struggled to resolve the country's worst economic crisis in two decades that he, he has that, that he created. Exactly. <laughs> he has the governing yeah. experience. Yeah. No, this is the crisis that, that like they're, this is him that did this. That's why he lost the election. Even before the official results have been announced Sunday night, Massa Acknowledged defeat and congratulated Mille. He said, I'm not your massa no mo. 
Uh, voters in this voters in this nation of 46 million demanded a drastic change from a government that has sent the peso tumbling, inflation skyrocketing, and more than 40% of the population into poverty. Woo! 40%. And that's like real poverty, that's by, by the way. This is American po- yeah. poverty standards. That's not like you're on a crappy cell phone. This is like kind of you're poverty, back to living you know? on less than a dollar a day. That's not like your data gets throttled after 100 gigs kind of poverty. No, you know? <laughs> no. this is like you're less than a dollar a day in today's money. Okay. Literally today's money. (laughs) With me, I don't know what their actual poverty, I don't know if they're talking about absolute poverty or not when they say that, but it's, uh, I'm not sure. Well, think about, well, just think about it. Okay. What is it? $1 equals 2,500 pesos now in Argentina, something Uh, like that? It's more like a thousand. 1,200? Something like that. But still, you know, imagine, let's say you make 10,000 pesos a month. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not a lot. Now you're only literally making I mean, ten dollars a month. It's a lot of pesos. Yeah, it's a ton of pesos. Now you're only making ten dollars a month. If you make a hundred thousand pesos a month, which I, I don't know what the average salary is in Argentina, could probably look that up. Mm, probably could. Um, probably could. But a hundred thousand, you're only making a hundred bucks a month with Mele. Hundred U.S. dollars. Argentina takes a leap into the unknown with a leader promising to shatter the entire system. In his first speech as president-elect, Mile told Argentines that, quote, the model of decadence has reached its end. There is no turning back. Enough of, impo- of impoverishing power of the castle. Enough of the impoverishing power of the castle. Today, we once again embrace the model of liberty to once again become a world power. His supporters joined him in shouting, long live freedom. Damn it. So with that, it's a quote. I didn't say that, mom. That's what he said. Okay, or the crowd said, crowds are crazy, okay. Wielding chainsaws on the campaign trail, the wild-haired melee vowed to slash public spending in the country heavily dependent on government subsidies. He pledged to dollarize the economy, shut down the central bank, and cut the number of government ministries from 18 to 8. His rallying campaign cry was a takedown of the country's political caste, an Argentine version of Trump's Drain the Swamp. So if you say that you're going to take down the political elites, that's just like Trump saying drain the swamp. And that's why he's just like Donald Trump, of course. By the uh, way, average salary is 45,000 pesos. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's rough. So. That is rough. That's just above a dollar a day. <laughs> you know? Yep. That's for your average salary. Yeah. They're making so like now a, 40% are in poverty. Mm-hmm. I mean, they probably are below a dollar today. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Just do a little math in today's Ooh. money. Yeah. Yeah. That's today's money. Massa sought to stoke fear over a melee presidency. Massa was the economy minister, uh, the minister of the bad economy over a melee presidency. They argue could threaten Argentina's democracy and way of life. Of course, electing this guy who wants to destroy the political caste as a threat to democracy, just like Donald Trump. But ultimately, anger won over fear. For many Argentines, the bigger risk was more the same. This is a quote from an Argentine who said, we don't have anything to lose. We've had this type of government for so many years and things are only getting worse. That is correct. Why be scared of just uh, of trying something else? What you're doing isn't working. Uh, a melee presidency brings the far right to power 
and the third largest economy in Latin America. I still don't know what they mean by far right when they're, when they're using this terminology. And it could have profound implications for the region and the world. In a continent dominated by leftist leaders, Malay could create tensions with governments he has attacked, including crucial trading partner and neighbor Brazil. In an era of growing Chinese influence in Latin America, Malay could become the region's most vocal antagonist to a country he once called an assassin, China. He's got good words for stuff. Yeah. You know? He's good at this stuff. Uh, Mele made a name for himself as a television pundit who insulted other guests, and he has shown a tendency to fight with the news media. He has circulated conspiracy theories and raised unsubstantiated claims about electoral fraud. I bet you there's absolutely no electoral fraud in Argentina. No. They've got that stuff on the wraps, okay? Yeah. The total conspiracy theories. I just love their, their just projection and that, you know... <laughs> Just trying to attack someone mm-hmm. because they believe differently. And they try to do it in this liberal arts way. Well, they're afraid of losing power, so they try yeah. to make you scared of this person and yeah. they try to try to tear him down and delegitimize them, you know. He has branded Pope Francis an Argentine, an evil leftist. Uh, climate change, he says, is a socialist lie. He would hold a referendum to undo the three year old law that legalized abortion. Uh, many Argentines chose to overlook the melee messages that made them uncomfortable. For some, a vote for the outsider was a reluctant yet strategic vote. So that's from the Washington Post. And this kind of thing keeps going. New York Times says Argentina elects Javier melee in a victory for the far right. <laughs> you know, and it's like, what, what does this even mean? I don't even understand what this means. Yeah. Like the far, the far right, how far right? Like Hitler far right? Are they saying he's Hitler? embrace of conspiracy theories what conspiracy theories is he embracing that hasn't come that have not come true i don't know i think saying that uh climate change is a socialist lie is one of the the main things um his what he says mostly about climate change is that there's no proof that it's human caused uh that that is the socialist lie uh anyway melee's election is a victory i'm looking up some of these numbers by the way oh for the economy you guys think you have a bad bad in america (sighs) My God in heaven. Not good, huh? I love to be thy name in a helicopter. <laughs> it's, it is bad. <laughs> well, I found another on numbio.com. I don't know how. This oh, that's says my it's favorite updated site. for 2023. Yeah, go, go there every morning. Um, it says the average, this one is saying the average net salary after taxes is about 400 bucks, but the average rent is 200 Ooh. outside the city. Yeah. 300, close to 300 if you're in the city. That's for one bedroom. Mm. Okay. <laughs> and then the mortgage interest rate is 53% if you want a mortgage. Yeah, that's a lot. 53%. Mm-hmm. You guys think 8% is bad. That's a 53%. little too high. I'm not sure I'd be buying a place at 53%. You know, uh, Preschool... Or kindergarten is $131 a month. And this is all in dollars, by the way. If you want a, a private primary school, um, it's $4,000 a year. People can't, people can't afford anything. No. That's, that's why so many people live on government welfare there to try and make up for it, which then just pushes the prices even higher. And they're not taking in enough tax money because they've nationalized all the businesses and businesses have left. And so they're not taking in the money they need uh, to even pay for the government subsidies uh, to the people that they send. So they print it, which is why their inflation rate is 140%. 
that number of 53% for a mortgage or, you know, for, for my, that's not even high enough, honestly, for there. They have 140% inflation rate. At that rate, the bank loses a ton of money. Still. At the end of the loan. Yeah. Like, that's why we have interest on things and not just, you know, we look at usury. Of course, they go a little bit above what the inflation is. But when a bank loans you money and they're going to get that money back over 30 years, they have to calculate what they think the inflation rate will be year over year. So when they get all that money back, it's actually worth it to them. And they didn't take a huge hit on that at the end of the day. So that's why the rates have to go up when you're in a high inflation environment. And they got 140% year over year right now. I saw a really good point from Hannah Cox, who is um, on based politics, um, also does a lot of stuff on her own too as well. She made a really good point. I retweeted that one. About how um, Argentina finally, or, you know, they, they elected this person, uh, Mile. Um, but he, she also made the point of, do we have to get to that point before we realize that we need to do something to turn everything around? Because we're far looking at these numbers. I didn't realize it was this bad. I knew it was bad, but this is, if you just think about what these people are going through. It's real bad. Mm-hmm. They say 40% into poverty. And that's like real poverty, like they're, actual poverty. They're like a few years away from being Venezuela. Yeah. You know? So do we, does America have to get to that point or can we look at some of this stuff and be like, okay, let's try to turn this ship around before we are actually starving in the streets? Unfortunately, the answer is no, no we will not do that. Cause this guy's terrible. This guy's yeah. a terrible person. We're reading about how <laughs> terrible he is. Well, it's actually, here's the reason this happened because so many people are upset. This didn't happen because uh, a whole bunch of Ayn Rand books went out to everyone five years ago and I finally got through Atlas Shrugged. And they were like, oh, okay, well, we should vote for a libertarian because no, that's the way to do it. No, they did it there's because... There's enough people that are backed into a corner. Yeah, and so they're saying we have to go for someone who's going to change things. And it didn't... That's the problem here, is that this probably didn't happen because of some libertarian philosophical revolution happened in the country. It happened because these people have no other option but to try something different from what they've been doing. Yeah. And so that's... I'm kind of with has to happen. Some days I'm with uh, Councilman Yep here in our in our live group Fed Haters Club. He said, "Let's speed this train up so we can fix things fast." He's voting for Sanders and AOC <laughs> in 24. Collapsitarianism. I that's the way to do it. Sometimes I think we may need to go there. I think we will let's go, go there. ahead and take burn, a long time. Let's burn it up quicker <laughs> so that we can get the liberty faster. <laughs> there we go. Uh, let me see. Uh, they mentioned Donald Trump, of course. Uh, I will say, Bolsonaro, luckily, Argentina Brazil. didn't break out into a civil war. That's a good point by Copperhead. You know, it didn't take a, a civil war for this to happen. For this to happen. Yeah. Enough people were backed into the corner. They were able to peacefully elect someone who, who knows what's going to happen. It like, can he actually get rid of the central bank? Probably not. No. Can he actually institute a lot of the things that he wants? Probably not. Well, the thing is, he's so going to receive a lot of pushback. But I'm hoping, obviously, as a libertarian, we're hoping this experiment goes well. The thing is, um, if the videos we see of him are from, like, of him pulling all those names off the off the board, you know, Afuela! you know, he pulls off pulls off these things. Um, he's changed his tune a bit, like in the last couple months, and that's what. Um, Marcos, who was on the show a couple months ago, was was telling me that he's actually backed off on a lot of these radical policies, the what some would consider radical, uh, because he needs the support of the labor unions and people like that to actually get anything done. 
And so it's not going to be the crazy abrupt change that a lot of libertarians are expecting to happen. Um, at the end of this part right here, it says, still some political analysts say that Mr. Millet's ascent reflects many Argentines' desperation for change rather than support for his far-right ideology. Uh, some voters share his extreme views, but there are others who voted for him because they see Millet a way to express their frustration in the face of an economic and political reality that has been ugly to them for a long time. Uh, says but a professor why has of it been ugly to them? That's the thing. Like, will they, it's still going to help. Like a lot of people are going to adopt this philosophy because this is happening, but I'm still personally worried about what happens when uh, the transition takes place because there's going to be a lot of pain during the transition when you're moving from, I'm living off of government money to, I have to get a job or, you know, and actually work for the money. Or maybe I'm going to get even more poor for a minute because the government has to stop paying out this money and these subsidies and things yeah. are going to be tough for a period of a, of a few years. And if this abrupt change doesn't happen and work and show signs of actually having more prosperity within one term of his, then he's not going to get reelected or yeah. whatever. I don't know how often you can run. I don't know if you get one term or two or 18 over there. You know, did some you countries, Tr- it doesn't matter. Did you see Trump's comments? Previous slide. Now that he was proud of him. He's proud of him. Yeah. He's going to make Argentina great again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> MAGA, still MAGA. Uh, quote, they don't look at Miele's ideology. They see that Miele is angry and that Miele is proposing a break. Uh, failed economic policies have long left Argentina with one of the world's most perpetually unstable economies. Yet even by its standards, the country is in one of its worst crises. Annual inflation has soared past 140%, the third highest rate in the world. More than two in five Argentines now live in poverty, and the value of Argentine's currency has plummeted in April 2020, the start of the pandemic. $1 bought 80 pesos. Uh, this week, $1 bought nearly 1,000 pesos. Jesus Christ. Whew. So That's not good. Literally, if you're making the average is 45,000 pesos a month, mm-hmm. you're making $45. Yeah. 45 bucks a month. That's $1.50 a day. You there could you go. Hardly get the upgrade for Netflix <laughs> for that price. You know, oh. you can only support one Netflix account. Yeah. <laughs> um, economists and political analysts have said Mr. Melee lacks the political support and the economic conditions to pull off such a radical change. Uh, his nascent Liberty Advances party holds just seven of the 72 seats in Argentina Senate and 38 of the 257 in its house. Uh, Mr. Mele has recently softened some proposals after blowback. So we'll see what happens. Uh, people in the group saying, yeah, he has, he has acknowledged this, that this is going to have to be gradual. It's not exactly going to be the image of a chainsaw cutting through or blowing up the central bank or anything like that. Like that, and it does take time to do this. You can't just do it overnight. It took time to get here. So, but like in that, um, in the interview I'm referencing, which I re-released this morning, just so people could hear us talking about it. Uh, my my fear is what happens if things do get worse before they get better in this transition. Because if the population is just upset about the terrible conditions that they're living in, and they're not actually on board with the philosophic change that he's trying to implement, uh, then they'll they'll throw him over the they'll throw him off the plank 
just as fast as the last guy, mm-hmm. you know, because if they're voting based on what their personal financial conditions are and not because they believe in liberty and they, they believe in personal property and free market capitalism and, and all this, and they've agreed that it's going to take 10 years for this to happen, then they'll, you might not even make it a full term. All right, a little bit more of my Debbie Downerism, I guess, when it comes to Javier Mille. Uh, we'll be talking about that. And then, of course, we'll be doing Dumb Bleep of the Week. Hi, I'm Derek J. I don't want a politician to represent me. To me, government is the idea that one group of people can coerce everyone to comply with an edict or face increasing punishments up to and including death. Despite perhaps the most noble of intentions, the best government services are a far cry from what could be provided for by voluntary interactions. Besides, the people who call themselves the government wage wars and put peaceful people in jail for crimes involving no victims. If Starbucks used some of its money to drop bombs, I wouldn't shop there. So why would I support the American empire? The Empire does not require my consent. Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree. You can order your copy of the Director's Cut DVD now at VictimlessCrimeSpree.com. Welcome back to Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie. I've been strategically downplaying the rise of Javier Mille. This is still a net win for Liberty. Of course it is. It's of course it is. It's going to turn more people to to the ideology of liberty or libertarianism or whatever. And I think it's going to move more people globally into that movement, regardless of whether the majority, you know, uh, out him. The reason I bring it up a couple years or not. The reason I bring it up is not to rain on the parade. Which it sounds, I mean, I've already done that quite a bit. Um, typically what you do. I know. And the reason I bring it up if is... If you want your dreams to die, bring them to Nate. <laughs> it's, you know that you know what they say where dreams go to die? That's my house. That's Nate's house. Yeah. yeah. Any dream dreams you have, die. it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you want, if you're like, man, I dream of having a family one day, tell that to Nate. And you, your family dreams will die mm-hmm. right there. The reason I bring it up is <laughs> our country and Argentina and all the other countries, uh, I want these changes to truly happen. And for them to really happen, it needs to happen truly in the population and not just the guy, the executive at the top uh, doing this. Because for it to really stick, for it to really last, the change has to happen in the people. And the people elected him. He won 56 to 44, which is a which is a landslide. It's the most popular victory uh, in 40 years, like since they became a democracy. And so he's the most popularly elected president that they've had in that time frame. Um, for this to really stick, the change has to happen in the population philosophically. And that's, you can't stop working on that because the election was won. You know, you got to keep preaching these principles and this philosophy. And that's our job. That's what we do. Hey, you know what? The Fed Haters Club did a In really English. good analogy here with Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Andy Dufresne. Yeah. And you're red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have hope that we're going to get out of this mess. Mm-hmm. And I and I dream and and, and I, I do things to accomplish that. Yeah, but at the end, it's and Andy. You, Andy loses hope and, and Red's trying to keep him 
you know, from, from hanging himself or whatever, you know, saying he can't talk like that, you know? Well, you know, at the end, he's leaning up against the wall, he's sitting up against the wall, and he's talking all sad. It's like, I killed a red. I didn't pull the trigger. But, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but that was right before he escaped. I know. <laughs> he wasn't actually going to do it. He was just having a moment of self-reflection, which hardly anybody can do. All right, one really, <laughs> one really funny thing that's doing great on our Twitter right now. You search Javier Mille, and we're actually in the uh, in the search results. Oh, nice. Um, far, this is from a CNN article. It says far right outsider Javier Mille wins Argentina's presidency, and just below at the bullet point, Mille's victory puts the peso's future in doubt because <laughs> it's doing well right yeah, it's now. Doing so good right now. <laughs> yeah. Now someone pointed out, and I'll, I'll be honest, he literally wants to go away from the peso and use the American dollar instead. So he is literally putting the future of the Argentine peso in doubt. Yeah. Okay, but that's not what they meant. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the, the funny part is I read the article, and they don't. it's not an economic article at all. They don't mention the peso. Or they don't mention, the, they say one line about dollarizing, and the rest of it is just all the bullet points that we've already gone through and everything else, Trump, 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 this, false narrow, that, far right, this, far right, that. And uh, I just brought up the chart of the uh, peso over the last 10 years. And um, <laughs> as far as the yeah. future being you in doubt, shorted that. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was good. It was falling even before that. That's mm. just a 10 year button that I hit on the chart. Uh, but even then, this is compared to the US dollar. Uh, it was, let's just say, 0. 0.16 uh, to the US dollar. And then now it's 0. 0.002. I, I believe if you're trading currencies, yeah, this is you want to short that, yeah. or you want to buy the dollar Actually, versus the Argentine peso. Yeah, <clears throat> and then you look at the uh, inflation, 142.7 percent in October year over year, projected to go up to 180 percent by like December. Woo! And it's just it's skyrocket. This is this is hyperinflation territory. Their average since 2017 is 57.6 percent inflation. We talked about 9.1% under Biden last summer. And you're talking about 142 year over year and projected to go up to 180. And then it's going to be up in the 200s before you can even turn this ship around. It's a tough ship to turn around right now. So we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Tenacious Nick D said, it's sad the USD is a better model. It is. And actually, you look at the US, the dollar has actually been really strong over the last few years because they compare it to a lot of the other currencies around the world. Uh, and it's actually been, it's actually been pretty strong uh, since, uh, since COVID uh, in relation to all of the others. So that's our talk on Javier Mille. I'm not, I know I say a lot of negative things. Like Charlie said, this is overall a good thing. What I worry about, see, I couldn't hold off and just say positive things. Um, it's what, not White Pill Wednesday. The so. problem is... If it doesn't go well, if the change is not real in the population, this could actually end up being a very negative thing for for liberty. Uh, as the interviewer referenced, again, he said this could end up having the word liberty banned for the next 30 years from public discourse if this goes poorly for, for them. So that's what I worry about uh, when it comes to things like this. Um, my bad. My yeah. bad. Nate is Eeyore. <laughs> okay. <sighs> I guess I'll go home now. I just want it to be real. Okay. Anyway, let's... Um, uh, you always think about how things can go wrong. You know what my therapist said to me not that long ago? 
He said the what if game goes both ways. Yeah. What if yeah. everything goes right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I just think it's good to... Which, by the way, you can find a great therapist at BetterHelp.com slash GML. Slash GML. You can get 10% yeah. off your first month. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Man, daylight savings time just <laughs> happened. It and did. I got to tell you, I hate it. Does and it the make- reason I hate it is because it gets dark. And darkness leads to being sad. It it can. It really it can. can. We're coming up on the holidays too, and that's a time of the year that people get really sad as well. Uh, you know, you're dealing with your your families and stuff like that. A lot of scheduling things that happen. I get super stressed out about all the scheduling. So, what do you have issues with that? I don't and know. then it doesn't last long enough. Yeah, because like the holidays can be really fun, but it's the, it, to me, it's really about the sun. <laughs> that's, that's really what it is. It gets dark, mm-hmm. and then I get dark. But you, you know, doing doing therapy, by the way, could be kind of a bright spot. Charlie, I know that you do some do some therapy with your better better help guy every now and then, and that can kind of be a little ray of sunshine. It's you actually know, you're amazing. That, yeah, yeah. I love better help. It's one of my favorite things to look forward to has through it, the week. Has it actually helped? Yeah, a lot. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, tell. as I one of my tell. friends, yeah. you you know what's happened <laughs> this past year, and yeah. so I've done I've done therapy too. By the way, not not with BetterHelp, but I, I've done therapy and it it helps. So I mean, I, I know so some people are reluctant to do that, and maybe it can be tough to talk about things. But tr- trust me, you're not going to regret it. You, you'll be happy that you did it. Uh, so if you're if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GML today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash G-M-L. Musk, Elon Musk, is threatening a thermonuclear lawsuit that's a dangerous lawsuit (laughs) against media the lawsuit to end all lawsuits against media watchdog calls advertisers oppressors okay um he's talking about media matters which is a left-wing organization that their goal is to try and get advertising to stop on anything to the right of bernie sanders and so if any advertising happens they try to find a, a word, they can take stuff out of context, or they can take a controversial thing that you said, and they try to lobby those advertisers for the company to stop their advertising, or else they'll blast out that your company supports people who say things like this. So and it is my goal in life to get on their radar. That's what I've been wanting to do yeah. this whole time. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably, <clears throat> well, we're not on the radar, but if they watched any of our stuff, we would be on their list. So there's this thing, uh, this thing that happened uh, last week. X started losing a bunch of advertisers, like Apple and Microsoft or IBM, and and all these all these big companies pulled out, and it was because of this report from Media Matters. And what they showed them was that their ads were getting served up next to like pro literal pro Hitler tweets. I'm not just talking about people who are voting for Donald Trump. I'm talking about people who were actually praising Hitler. And I'm not talking about that journalist from the New York Times either. You know, like actual Nazis. Yeah. And so you, these days you look at the post as you're going through, there's advertisements under the post. And so the people that post that can make money off of that. Okay. 
Um, and so they showed that there were some an Apple advertisement under like a a thing praising Hitler. You know uh, what people think a spiritual awakening looks like, and it's this girl doing yoga, and at the bottom, the spiritual awakening is actually Hitler and a bunch of crazy people, and there's an Apple ad uh, beneath it. So they got this report over to these people, <clears throat> and a bunch of people dropped off. What Musk is finding out is that Media Matters created three accounts and followed 30 accounts similar to the ones in the article. They then constantly refresh the timeline. Uh, 13 times the number of ads served to this user as opposed to the median user. Uh, 50 impressions served against the content in the article out of 5.5 billion that were served for the whole day. Um, and basically they created new accounts, followed very specific accounts to tailor ads to that person, and then went to a controversial post and kept refreshing that post until an ad finally popped up underneath it. And that's screenshotted. And that's what happened. They screenshot it. They did a report. And now all these people are backing out. Okay. And so now he's saying that he's going to sue them. Let me just get to their blog post on this. Uh, This is what X put out about what Media Matters is doing. Charlie, go ahead. All right. Here are the facts on Media Matters research. To manipulate the public and advertisers, Media Matters created an alternate account and curated the post and advertising appearing on the account's timeline to misinform advertisers about the placement of their posts. These contrived uh, contrived experiences could be applied to any platform. Once they curated their feed, they repeatedly refreshed their timelines to find a rare instance of ads serving next to the content they chose to follow. Our logs indicate they forced a scenario resulting in 13 times the number of ads served compared to the median ads served to an X user. Of the 5.5 billion ad impressions on X that day, less than 50 total ad impressions were served against all of the organic content featured in the Media Matters article. For one brand showcased in the article, one of its ads ran adjacent to a post two times, and that ad was seen in that setting by only two users, one of which was the author of the Media Matters article. For another brand showcased in the article, two of its ads served adjacent to two posts three times, And that ad was only seen in that setting by one user, the author of the Media Matters article. Meaning the screenshot that we just showed, that ad that showed up under the the pro-Hitler, pro-Nazi post could be be the one where literally that Media Matters author is the only person that saw that ad next to that post. No one else saw it. And they were trying to get it there. And they just kept refreshing until an ad finally popped up. Media Matters article also highlights nine posts they believe should not be allowed on X. Upon evaluation, only one of the nine organic posts featured in the article violated our content policies, and we've taken action on it under our freedom of speech, not reach enforcement approach. So that's their explanation. I'm kind of torn on this, though, because in a free market, you know, well, yeah, with freedom of speech, Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I think Media Matters can do this and then this is the this is where the war should play out their argument not in a lawsuit the argument is that they misrepresented to the companies the actual situation then it's x's job to go back to the companies and say hey you you're following misinformation here's the proof and then get those get those advertisers back but now what they're doing that's freedom of speech 
because now what happens voting is, with dollars is freedom of speech too if Elon. those if those companies come back i think the, we're going to disagree on this one. if they listen to no i'll, I'll get you um <laughs> if, they, if they listen to elon musk and he's like hey no this was a this is a sham and let's say apple is like okay we're going to start doing ads on x again well that does damage to apple's reputation because according to all the people who watch the news uh, that means Apple is okay with their ads being served next to pro-Hitler posts. Like, the story's already gone out. The damage has been done, and the damage was done by Media Matters misrepresenting to these companies and getting them to pull out to begin with. Now, if those companies go back, they're going to have brand damage associated with them because of this, because the story's well, already happened. qualify under any type of slander? I guess, yeah, I guess reputation damage. Yeah. I mean... For those companies, like it's already gone up. Well, I meant for X though. Like, yeah. You, so you're manipulating data mm-hmm. to ruin the reputation of a company. I don't know. This is tricky. Yeah. All right. See, I already told you I'd get you on that. No, I'm we'll just see. saying it's tricky. <laughs> uh, the uh, Here's an interesting post. So uh, Stephen Miller, who uh, worked for Trump at some point in time, that becomes important later on. Uh, basically saying that they committed fraud by doing this because they are an actual organization and their job is to present this data to companies on what's going on with their advertising. And by doing what they did, uh, they're saying that that was fraud. Stephen Miller says fraud is both a civil and criminal violation. There are two dozen plus conservative state attorneys general. Elon Musk responds saying, interesting, both civil and criminal, dot, dot, dot. And when, when he says stuff like that, I always go... Interesting, both civil and criminal. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's what I hear him saying yeah. it as, like with a top hat, maybe something like that. Civil and criminal. Yeah. Okay. So that leads to this article headline Elon Musk and Trump Abe want journalists jailed over ex Hitler expose. <laughs> that was the post right there. All he says is fraud is a civil and criminal violation. And Elon Musk says, yeah. And Here's the article headline, Elon Musk and Trump Abe want journalists jailed over the Twitter ex-Hitler expose from Media Matters. <laughs> now, all they point to, not any other words that anyone said, all they point to is this right there. That's it. <laughs> and, and then they talk about the same story that we just told you, users pulling out because of this thing going on. And there's a paragraph dedicated to saying, this exchange right Man. here that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get that from. So Stephen said, man, and Elon responded, man, they support Hitler. I get that from Titanic. when he's like, perhaps we should uh, do the women, women and children first. And the captain's like, women and children first. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it says. <laughs> Anyhow, that's like the article. An advisor to former President Donald Trump, Elon Musk, and Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey have called for journalists at Media Matters to be jailed <laughs> over report. Now, just saying that it's a criminal violation could be a fine or something, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know what the, um, what the exact statute says has to happen, but they haven't even called for them to be jailed. They just acknowledge the fact that if they are guilty of fraud, that is both a civil and a criminal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Violation. So anyway, anyway, that could have been like a dumb bleep. I still don't know. This is tricky. This is this is tricky. I, I mean, I think it's well within X's rights to sue Media Matters if they if they found that they were fraudulently 
manipulating the system, you know, to do damage to them. And you got to ask, like, why would they do this outside of, uh, you know, whether or not they have the right to do it? But why are they doing this? They're doing it because they don't like the fact that there's free speech, kind of, on Twitter X. They don't like the fact that people like me and you, or people like uh, some of the doctors that were censored during the COVID times, or even Trump or anyone like that, has the ability to go on X and reach millions of people by posting things. They want, asking questions. They want to shut that down. They want it censored because they're a far left extremist organization that wants only left wing versus voices to be able to make any money off of ads, which is how you eventually shut people down. Like you, uh, believe it or not, folks, eventually you got to make money doing this or you'll stop doing it. Also, I, I'm not saying you might turn me. I'm just thinking this through. If they do file a lawsuit, that could lead to an investigation, which could then you could get the electronic communication at Media Matters and mm-hmm. find out what the motivation was behind mm-hmm. putting this article together. Yep. That's why it's... And, and yeah, so final lawsuit opens up the avenue to subpoena records and you could find out what the motivation was behind these types of things. And then you could prove yeah. fraud. You could get them could saying prove- in, a, in a Slack channel, yeah, we're just going to create these organ, we're going to create these profiles and we're going to like these specific people and then we're just going to go to a, a post and keep refreshing it and eventually their system's going to let an ad come through, you know, and you just kind of get detailed information yeah. on how they planned to take down X, why they planned to take down X. And mm. this is like the biggest organization doing this. They they do this for everyone on Fox and Newsmax and OAN. They do it for the podcast world. They list. They literally have people who listen to every big podcast and try to find things that they said that are objectionable, and they take that and they take it to the show's advertisers, and they try to get them demonetized as a way of taking down that those talking points from being in the public mm. ear holes. Interesting. So it uh, it would be good. It'd be good, I think, for this to come out and for Media Matters to take a hit on this. Yeah. Okay. So, well, especially if they willfully, fraudulently did this as it seems they may have. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I still feel <laughs> like you can beat them with the truth. Maybe. Unless they try to bankrupt him. You know? I mean, you're talking... The problem with Musk is that he's got loans and he, that he has to sell Tesla shares for to try and pay the loans for, for Twitter. For, for X. And the interest keeps going up. And there's an incentive <laughs> to take down X so you can also take down Tesla so you can fully destroy Elon Musk, you yeah. know, and all of his net worth. So there's a, you know, yeah. You're saying there is a Dr. Evil? There's a, a lot of doc. There's doctors, a whole hospital full of. With a mini me? Doctors Evil. Yeah. In a lair? Probably in a lair. With mm-hmm. sharks with freaking laser beams attached to their freaking heads, probably? Probably. Yeah. Hmm. Laser beams. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Mike Myers wasn't too far off. Nope. He was right on. All right, man, let's go. All right. If you enjoyed today's episode or not, share it with a friend or don't. And leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And go follow us on X as they're trying to take it down. <laughs> you know, go follow us there. Actually, we have a bunch of social media. Yeah. Tick ticks, TikToks. TikTok Anonymous. TikTok Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on there. YouTube, Instagram, Facebooks. Where else? And that's Odyssey. Yeah. What's the other one? Rumble. It's so bad that Odyssey. Rumble? I wish Odyssey was more popular. The Rumble? 
rumble yeah let's get ready to rumble odyssey is the best video platform like the thing for yeah i mean it it runs so smooth so much better than youtube go follow us or don't and uh share the front hey you know what i hope everyone has a pretty good thanksgiving you know i've been negative recently and and you guys listening to the show and i've told you i don't care whether or not you have a good day or bad day i'm being sincere when i do hope you have a good thanksgiving how about that Mm -hmm. i am being sincere some people are alone on holidays and that's sad so you'll be positive when it comes to genociding native americans well i'm just when people are able to get together okay I, i really believe in community i believe in human beings being able to be in the same room I wish I shared your feelings on I know. this. I, I I just if you were actually alone, Nate. Yeah. Think about it. That's true. I've you, never actually been alone. Exactly. Because you're scared <laughs> to be by yourself. That's why. <sighs> Even though you want you don't like a whole bunch of people, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't like being in solitary. Would you? I don't know. There's no way of knowing. For a week or two, Max. We'll see. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> Anyway, what I'm trying to say is... We're still recording right now. I hope that you have a good holiday. And um, yeah, if you don't have anywhere to go, Fed Haters Club has my address. There you go. If you just want to go have Thanksgiving dinner with Charlie, you can do that. That'd be uh, that'd be just fine. Now, I want to tell you before we get into Dumb Bleep of the Week, that of course, we have a show every single day of the week called Good Morning Liberty, which you can find on your favorite podcast app. You can even find this full three-hour episode of Liberty at Night on the Free Talk Live channel on your favorite podcast app. So you want to go look those up. Make sure you follow. Make sure you subscribe. We put up a video of every day's episode. So if you want to see our faces or if you want to see the uh, videos and slides that we're referring to or data, whatever it is, go do that. You can go to goodmorningliberty.us and get some of our merch you can just go to GodHatesFeds.com and get one of those beautiful God Hates Feds shirts. And if you hear people hanging out with us live, that's because they went to join GML.com and join the Fed Haters Club. Coming right up is Dumb Belief of the Week. What's up? This is Liberty at Night with Nate and Charlie on the Free Talk Live Network, and it's time for everyone's favorite show, Dumb Bleep of the Week. That's where we vote on the dumbest things said in politics this week. All right, Dumb Bleep number one. This is one that we already talked about earlier in the week, but it's got to be in Dumb Bleep, and it's going to go to Gavin Newsom. This is um, Gavin Newsom talking about people are alleging that they just cleaned up the city because the commie dictator was coming to town. And he's like, not only is that true, but it's I know true. folks say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. Um, that's true because it's true. <laughs> but it's also true for months and months and months prior to APEC, we've been having different conversations. Not only is it true, it's, it's but true. it's true. And should it be dumb? Because this is one of the few times where he told the truth about something, you know? Yeah. So, and that gets him into Dumb Bleep of the Week. You do have to say something about him openly admitting the fact that, yeah, we let this city just run amok with poo on the streets up until the point that Xi Jinping was coming to town, and then we cleaned it up. Mm. And you guys called us on it, and you're right. 
that's what happened. Yeah. I could have done this or they could have done this. The mayor could have done this for the people who live here and pay the taxes that we just use to clean it up. We could have done this the whole time. But instead, we had to do it right now so we would look better for people that were coming to town. Uh, so that is dumb bleep number one, Gavin Newsom. Honestly, I mean, it <clears throat> seems like he took accountability. But and that's all you can ask for. He didn't for. really take accountability. He made the case for why it was the right thing to do to wait and then do it right before someone comes to town, yep. you know? But, but whatever. Dumb bleep number one. So number two, David Hogg. Wrong kid died. That's what I always yell in my head whenever that happens. Uh, David Hogg, uh, he's responding. This is one of those defiant L's, hypocritical posts. His, you know? orange, his orange square didn't really take no, off, did it? No. But he's still going with it. That did not catch on okay. at all. Uh, this is a, in response back in, uh, well, let me see. Now, this is a recent response to Tim Poole, who says, raise the voting age to 30. Which is a response to David Hogg saying... No, this is uh, two, two tweets put together right here for the Defiant L's thing. So, uh, Tim Poole says, raise the voting age to 30. David Hogg responds and says, when your policies are so itty, you have to change who can vote in order to win. But then also, uh, you go back to June of 2019, David Hogg says, retweet if you support lowering the voting age to 16. Oh. <laughs> uh, because he's been you know, pushing for the young people are going to make the real social change. And so you got to let them vote. I got to admit, I'm torn on the ideas. Like I know that realistically right now, it would be better to raise the voting age up to 30. Like that makes way more sense. But then at the same time, we're like, well, you know, you should be able to uh, drink and do whatever you want when you're an adult and buy a gun and do all, do all that stuff, drive a car, whatever. And that's because we, you know, we, and you look at like back in the old days when the country was founded. I mean, look how young some of those people were that were even fighting the revolution and founding the country. You know, um, are we just accepting that we've kind of regressed a little bit as far as our maturity goes? Mm. Probably a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, just accepting that. I mean, people in their twenties don't know anything. Don't believe. I didn't know anything in my twenties. No. I'll tell you that much. Well, does that mean but the then there's something to be, didn't know anything? There's something to be said about <clears throat> there's something to be said about being able to make decisions as an adult and learning from them because sometimes you don't learn unless you unless you do. So then, are we just going to keep pushing it further and further back? If you think about the founding fathers, they had full time jobs by the time they were ten. Mm-hmm. So when they were twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, and they were running the country, it was like they had already had 10, 15 years of experience. At the end of the day, what I think would make the most sense, a little bit more controversial, would be just landowners, or at least net taxpayers, if there's going to be taxes, that if you receive money from the things that you vote on, uh, you shouldn't be able to vote to receive other people's money that's stolen from them. Yep. And that actually makes the most sense. And then you could do that at whatever age you wanted. Because you could say, well, just landowner, landowners or just net taxpayers, if we're going to have the taxes, uh, and that would, if you're going to vote away other people's money, it's got to be the people who have the money that are voting <laughs> for those things, and not the people that are taking the money. Well, then they just give it to so, themselves, though, Nate. I mean, come on. They would give their own money to themselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> they would just stop it. Yeah. So, okay, Dumbly number two is David Hogg, a little bit of, hip- little bit of hypocrisy, uh, number three, this came from the group. Thanks for sending this over. Mass murder is a choice. 
The gun industry made it. They have made the choice for mass murder. I can't remember where this, I think this might have been Rolling Stone or something like that. Uh, Mass murder is a choice. We have an article here. And Charlie, if you want to read some, I'll read some. The modern firearms industry's mission couldn't be clearer. Profiting off the sales of weapons that can turn lone shooters into mass killers or armed discontents into a homeland security threat. It's weird that the firearms industry's mission Mm -hmm. would be to make firearms that they then sell to people. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes bad people do things, and most of the time, good people don't do anything with them. I don't see anyone at Bushnell or Springfield or Glock. (laughs) No one in that company is being like, Ah, yes. Now this one's going to kill all those people at that nightclub we hate. Yeah. That's probably not what's happening. I hope the right person purchases this one. (laughs) But by even manufacturing these things, that is de facto what they're consenting to. They're, They're complicit in the mass murder, Charlie. That's what you have to understand. Documents produced by the industry's top grade group even advise leaning into the panic buying that can follow mass shootings by targeting a market segment it calls the anxious buyer. Shorthand for folks who say they want to buy a firearm before it's too late. It's not because of the mass shooting. It's because everyone talks about banning them afterwards. It's because they're worried the government's going to ban them. That's why. That's why the panic buying happens or the anxious buyer happens. The market research directs that assault weapons more frequently targeted for sales restrictions are the best bets for these would be gun buyers. Because they're worried they're going to get banned. I think about it all the time. Like, I need to go buy some AR-15s before it's too late. I wouldn't even be thinking that if people weren't trying to ban them. De facto, I could end up owning an AR-15 simply because the government is talking about banning them. And you want to get one before they get banned. And whereas otherwise, I would just put it off and put it off and probably never buy one. And so the only reason I would have an AR-15 is because I'm worried they're going to get banned. Mm Mm-hmm. So that that's the um, I actually specifically bought a model of an AR-15 that was used. This model was not this exact gun, but <laughs> the model of this gun was used in, in one of the mass shootings. And the reason why is because they were talking about banning them. And because it was the same model, it drastically went on sale. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I got it at a, at a big discount. There you go. You got to capitalize on that. Yeah. The mass murder in Lewiston was a tragedy, but not an accident. It is a choice. That's one up in Maine. And it's one that the gun industry made and has doubled down on, pushing tens of millions of massacre-ready weapons on the American public. By the industry's own, industry's own accounting, America's domestic assault weapon arsenal stands at more than 24 million guns, roughly one for every 10 adults, with a record 2.7 million introduced in 2020 alone. I wonder why so many people bought assault weapons in 2020. How many people have died at the hands of an assault style weapon? Let's use their terms. An yeah. AR-15. <clears throat> How many people have died? Or a massacre-ready weapon, an MR dub. You know. <laughs> gotta get gotta go get those MRWs off the street. How many <clears throat> people how many people do you think of a hundred, two hundred? Let's say it's a thousand. It's not a thousand. But let's say it is a thousand. Okay. Do the math. Twenty four million. Yeah. Guns, a thousand people have died. 
Statistically, no one has died <laughs> it's, from it's assault very, weapons. It's very low. From assault And the guns. actual number is like 100. Right. And actually per year, it's like 50. Yeah. I mean, it's that... I, we're just throw we're just throwing some numbers out here, but it's a very very small portion of the gun deaths that occur. Half the gun deaths are suicides in the first place, and most of the other gun deaths are from handguns and normal like gang violence and stuff like that. And then you have some of these people who use assault weapons mm-hmm. or whatever. So the Lewiston attack was a logical expression of what gun manufacturers now market assault rifles for: deadly domination. <laughs> The industry pitches battle-proven AR platform assault rifles to civilians with imagery of special forces troops and taglines like core combat, use what they use, and your mission awaits. Such slogans dovetail with even more reckless marketing from makers of tactical accessories who pitch gear for your daily gunfight, assault packs, and carrying cases with names like urban warfare and even coffin. (laughs) It's the marketing that does it. You just got to take on the marketing. And the video games. Oh, it's not just that, though. This is a male problem, too. Mm. Okay. The industry's alpha male sales pitches promise buyers the power to control your destiny. According to law enforcement records, Card had been haunted by phantom voices, including taunts that he had a small dick. In quotes. In quotes, that's what they said. The Ruger SFAR with its thick barrel (laughs) is marketed without subtlety as bigger and stronger where it needs to be. (laughs) So it's not just the big trucks Mm -hmm. people are buying, okay? Mm -hmm. It's the big SFARs. Yes. There you go. It's just called SDE. Let me see. Um, I'm trying to let me figure out where they start talking about the boom. Well, that go back to that one because this is actually true. This is actually true. Assault rifles were never meant for self defense or hunting. They are bred for infantry warfare and designed to mow down enemy soldiers. Not entirely inaccurate, by no. the way. No. Although I've like the one time I've gone hunting in the last twenty five years, twenty years was with a. AR-15. But here's the thing. It's the second amendment's not for hunting or hunting either. <laughs> Self-defense. Yes. But it's also for keeping the government at bay. Yeah. And I'm not going to argue <clears throat> for anything else. No, no, that's what it's for. Yeah. I need my weapons to fight against tyranny. You know what? If the time comes ban hunting, just get outlaw hunting. <laughs> yeah. Screw you. We still need AR-15s. Yeah. All right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, then they talk about Armalite in the 1950s. Okay. Um, four factors combined to transform the once marginal AR-15 into America's rifle. That's what AR stands for, America's rifle. First, the assault weapons ban expired in 2004. Second, and most crucially, President Bush signed the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act In 2005, the new law diffused efforts by cities and states to sue gunmakers for the public health damages of the weapons they sold, much as Big Tobacco was forced to pay massive settlements for the... Gun manufacturers never marketed guns as something that you could shoot someone with and it wouldn't hurt them. Okay? So it's not the same thing as Big Tobacco. There's big warnings on there. Yeah. It says this will kill you. There's not a person who thinks like... I could shoot him in the face. It won't hurt him. It says I'll sew on the box right there. It's not going to hurt him. That never happened. Yeah. Okay. 
Unlike cigarettes. So no, don't compare this to Big Tobacco, who was out there telling people that they were, you know, your doctors recommending cigarettes and stuff. Okay, Which totally actually different happened. Thing. <laughs> An actual doctor's recommended cigarettes, by the way. <clears throat> So uh, a third change gave such marketing a patriotic punch. America was now at war, fighting on two fronts in Iraq and Afghanistan, obeying the same perverse profit motives that brought the Hummer into suburban driveways. Gunmakers turned the AR-15 into a maker of patriotic consumerism. Even now, the phenomenon has hardly abated. There's a certain type of middle-aged man in this country who, uh, that, that part doesn't. The fourth change that supercharged the already soaring sales, the election of Barack Obama. A combustible mix of racial anxiety and fears of new regulation elevated the assault rifle into a totem of right-wing tribal identity. So I just want to clarify that numbers one, two, no, one, three, and four are all the government's fault. Number two, they say, is legal stuff, which they're just making this up because they're comparing it to big tobacco. Number one, three, and four are all the government's fault. Like I just told you, the only reason I ever think I need to go buy an AR-15 next week is because I'm worried they're going to be banned the week after that. And that's the only, like, honestly, without that, I create scarcity in economic terms. Exactly. They do the marketing for the companies by creating scarcity. Scarcity is one of the most important things in marketing. And anytime you see something like, oh, there's only three left. There's only whatever left. Get this. You see that timer Counting down on the the timer refreshes every time you go to the website. Okay, they put it there to trigger something in your brain to get. We have an option to put that on Unless our. Unless you're God, buying tickets, by on the our, way. yeah, that's happened to me before. We have an option to put that on our on our God hates Feds website, and I don't do it because I find it to be so dishonest. Like it's a timer that refreshes every time someone goes to the page. Yeah, you're lying to people, telling them that they only have a certain amount of time to buy something. Mm-hmm. But that's what the government does with AR-15s, and so it works beautifully. So when the ban was over, people ran out and grabbed them because they could and because they were banned. They bought them because of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. We shouldn't have been in Iraq and Afghanistan in the first place. So that one shouldn't exist either. Okay, so you can knock out three of these four and the fourth one's fake by the government not doing dumb stuff. So anyhow, uh, that's that's all I got. That's all I got for dumb bleep number three. All right. uh, For that article. Number four is this picture that was circulating, and I did find some other photos to uh, corroborate the fact that this is going on. Um, it's a picture of two ladies, and they're in Israel, so I can probably be correct in calling these ladies, um, carrying what seemed to be uh, AR-15-style rifles. Those look like M-16s. They do look more like... they. Now, I know that like you can get a very standard looking AR-15 that has, mm-hmm. you know, that it, it does look more like an M-16. You're right about that. It could be. Totally, totally could be. Um, carrying those on their backs while they're shopping for sunglasses. Okay. And <clears throat> the comment here, this is relevant because this had 7 million views uh, on this guy's post right here where he puts in quotes, innocent Israeli civilians. <laughs> and so... They're no longer innocent Israeli civilians because here they are walking around in shopping malls carrying guns on their backs. To protect themselves. So they're no, you can't call them innocent. And by the way, the top comment says, what, Charlie? They never were. Also, once you bear arms, you're no longer an innocent civilian, let alone military grade assault rifles. Military grade. <laughs> What's that mean? The cheapest possible? <laughs> I love. <laughs> I love how the, I love how the, um, 
the anti-Semites are, are just calling <laughs> themselves out. I don't know if that in this case it's just complete anti-gun nuts because you're literally just saying that once you bear arms, you're you're no longer innocent. Even if you've never hurt anyone. If you've got a gun for protection, a month ago, people were running around, you know, putting people in ovens, their pets' heads were being cut off, you know, crazy stuff like that. And now they're carrying weapons with them when they're going shopping. And you're just saying, well, now that you're carrying a gun for protection, you're no longer an innocent person. What an idiot. That's real dumb. What a freaking idiot. This belongs in Dumb Believe of the Week. It, it should be in Dumb Believe. Look at that. Seven million views. Wow. In how many days? What day is it? In five days. <clears throat> I screenshot this yesterday. So in four days, seven million views on that post. That's ridiculous. Uh, okay. So that's Dumb Believe number four. Now we get to... I think we can do this on YouTube these days. I don't know that because we're reporting a real story here. Yeah. And it's not the actual. Um, is this from NBC? Yeah. It's yeah. like an NBC. So what what is happening now as a result of right. what we did in 2021, Charlie? CDC reports highest childhood vaccine exemption rate ever in the U.S. 40 states. <clears throat> the number of kids whose uh, caregivers are opting them out of routine childhood vaccines has reached an all time high. The CDC reported Thursday, potentially leaving hundreds of thousands of children unprotected against preventable diseases like measles and whooping cough. Not Whoopi Goldberg, whooping cough. This is her cough. Mm -hmm. The report did not dive into the reasons for the increase, but experts said the findings clearly reflect Americans' growing unease about medicine in general. Quote, there is a rising distrust in the healthcare system, said Dr. Amna. Hussein, a pediatrician in private practice in North Carolina, uh, vaccine exemptions have unfortunately trended upward with it. Now, I wonder why. There's just no way of knowing. Who would have guessed, you know, when the CDC came out and said, you don't need to wear a mask, but you need to cover up with something, use a t-shirt or a sweatshirt. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, well, now everyone has to wear a mask. Yeah. And then you have to get vaccinated. It's going to prevent you from getting COVID. Well, now it's not going to prevent you from getting COVID. They, when you should give it to your kids, even though we've never tested it on kids yeah. before, we think it's probably safe because we forced some other kids to get it against it, their will. When they were giving you <clears throat> false information, obviously that creates a lot of distrust. This is why they should just tell the American people the truth and let people decide. And then they would trust you. Yeah. And then you probably wouldn't have something like this happening. This is what happens when you try to force people to do something. And it's not just libertarians that, that this happens with. People grow weary of like, why are they trying to force me to do something? Charlie, I'm going to tell you a secret that I would never tell anyone else. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. I was going to get the COVID vaccine. I had no problems with getting the COVID vaccine. I figure it's probably mostly safe, probably about as safe as all the other vaccines. That's fine. The only reason I didn't get it was because they were trying to force me to do it. And I didn't want to do that. I wasn't cool with it. I literally had no, I, I don't think I would have had some kind of vaccine injury from it statistically, you know, so I'm not worried about that. And then at this time, we still thought that they did something. Remind me to cut this out before I put it on YouTube. And, and so, cause I just took that test and I aced it, you know, and they're <laughs> supposed to take our ban, our, uh, our, uh, strike off in, uh, in January. I don't want to get ex- extended for another three months past now. Um, I was going to get it. 
but when they started trying to force people to do it, I was like, that's not cool. And I didn't realize that you couldn't, uh, there was no legal recourse if it was ended up being harmful, you know? Isn't that weird? And beforehand, at least you had like 10 years worth of testing, you know? So sure, the the whole thing where you couldn't sue the companies, that started like back in the 80s, I think. That wasn't something they just started for these vaccines. That had been a thing for a while. But used to, they it would be like 10 years before they would actually start giving people a medication. So at least you had a little bit more data of what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So now they can't get in trouble for it. And there's like no long-term data or even medium term. 10 years is still short term, technically, especially when you're talking about kids. So no, just uh, just not going to do it. Not yeah. going to happen. And the reason I took it, the course of live group calls me a sheep. That's <laughs> fine. I literally, I had the same analysis as Nate. And the only reason I did it, because I was like, it's going to be relatively safe. I'm pretty healthy. I'm probably not going to have adverse effects to it. Now, maybe I will have long-term effects. I don't know of yet. It's possible. But um, I chose convenience mm-hmm. over anything else. And I wanted to travel overseas and make, to make it easier on myself to get in and out of countries and fly on an airplane. I decided to get vaccinated. Yeah. It's the only reason. If I wasn't going to be traveling overseas, I probably wouldn't have done it. And it wasn't because anybody was telling me to. I made the choice. Well, you think you were making the choice, but actually (laughs) someone else is pulling the strings. Okay, that's Dumb Leap number five. We still got like five more coming up. So don't go anywhere because they're going to get extra special dumb on Liberty at Night on the Free Talk Live Network. back let's get back into don't bleep of the week okay number six this was a fun a fun one big deal here pink remember pink oh yeah um she's got a great voice um pink will give away thousands of banned books at her florida shows because you just can't get these books in florida the state has banned them there's just nowhere you can get the book. There's border patrol. Last yeah, time I drove no. into Florida, I had to pass through. They check you for contra books when border you're going through security. there. Yeah. Make sure you're not carrying yeah. when you're going through there. And they make sure and you have Amazon a gun. looks at your location whenever mm-hmm. you're ordering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They send it you can't directly even to download an audible. email. You can't even download an audible. No, audible's banned in Florida. It doesn't even work yeah. when you go through there. No, as soon as you cross the state <laughs> line. I went to that Florabama bar yeah. know, when I went to Gulf Shores. You know, they're right on the border. Yeah. And it depended on what side of the bar I was on. My book would stop Dude, playing. they're so strict. I was worried to go into the Florida Georgia line bar here in Nashville because I didn't know what laws they follow in that place. <laughs> you know, it's risky. Exactly. <laughs> risky going in there. <laughs> Moral of the story is some schools have banned some books for like kids. I'm not saying that I totally agree with all of their book bans, but... um Anyway, Pink is going to give away thousands of banned books to people who are at a show in public where they could still just buy the book. You know where she got the books? From local bookstores. <laughs> she bought the books from local bookstores in Florida. The banned ones. That's where she got the books. It says so. Pink. <laughs> she bought books in Florida to give away banned books in Florida. <laughs> Pink has teamed up with the charity Pen America to take a stand against book bans in Florida, announcing on Instagram over the weekend that she plans to give away a thousand banned books at each of her shows in the state 
on November 14th and 15th. Now, she's not giving away a thousand different banned books. She's giving away a thousand copies of four banned books. As a mom of two young readers, I can't imagine letting someone else decide what my children can and cannot read. They don't get to! The point is for the parents to be able to decide what their children can and can't read, by the way. Like, if you want your kid to read the thing, then go buy the book. You can still buy the book. Like, she proved it because she bought the books. (laughs) In Florida. In Florida. (laughs) To support local bookstores. Um, Another funny thing was, a follow-up in this, she posted, can you believe these books are banned in Florida? She posted, the following are some titles of books that have been banned from schools in Florida. Because some of her fans, some people were saying, well, you want kids to see pornography? And she's been responding with, no, I don't, I don't particularly like pornography, and I don't really want kids to see <laughs> pornography. But tell me which one of these is pornography, okay? To Kill a Mockingbird? <clears throat> now, why was that one banned? That was banned by left-leaning people because, because, it, said the because it said the N-word and had a white savior in the book, which mm-hmm. was problematic. But the, there's a bigger problem. Same with The Hate You Give. Same with Forrest Gump. No, the, the thing is, look at the, look at the um, context out of that at the bottom. To Kill a Mockingbird, The Hate You Give, Forrest Gump, A Catcher in the Rye, The Hill We Climb, Girls Who Code, Atlas Shrugged, 1984, The Kite Runner, The Blue... You know what? Go to your shows and freaking hand out Atlas Shrugged to everyone. That's would, fine. Why don't you go 19- ahead? 1984. I'll chip in money for this. Okay. (laughs) Do it. Give your, give all your fans a copy of 1984, please. The kite runner, the bluest eye, wrinkle in time, the diary of Anne Frank, the fault in our stars, et cetera, et cetera. I've never read that one, but I'll have to look it up. Uh, This list has been proven incorrect. These books are not banned in Florida. In fact, some are on Florida's required reading list. (laughs) Fact check, uh, fake list of banned books. Florida books circulates widely online. This was going on, going around back when all the book banning uh, was happening. There was a list of all these super popular books. To see, she's believing misinformation. Exactly. (laughs) She actually, and here's my thinking on this, she actually started this initiative because she thought that the fake list she saw was an actual list of banned books in Florida. And didn't look it up. And didn't actually look And neither did her team. Yeah. She has a whole team. So they started this thing. To, to give away books because she saw this completely ridiculous list of banned books and then was like, oh crap, those aren't banned, which uh, she just found out a few days ago, I think. And now they're giving away these other, uh, The Hill We Climb, Girls We Code, and a couple of the other books. So, um, <laughs> where's the part where she says she bought them from a local books? Oh, store? that was on a, I don't think I actually. Uh, was that in the article? It was on the caption of one of the photos that I ended up taking after I made this presentation uh, last night. So let me just double check here. Pink purchased all 2,000 books from local bookseller Books and Books. Each title has been banned in at least one Florida district, according to Pen America. Okay, now we're going to watch a video. Uh, time for this, and we are going to be talking about the way of the world. And there's this uh, video that was circulating. Got a couple million views here. Uh, Dr. Jebra Fauche says, this is a response to this video, says the circle of life can be summed up like this. You're born, you work, pay taxes, and then die. Following generations repeat the process. This girl gets it. Work until we have to die just for the privilege of being alive. Huh? Like we never asked to be born, but now we're obligated to do labor until we die. Huh? 
we have to work somewhere just to afford a house that we're never at because we're working to afford the house? Hmm? Is the meaning of life to work and pay taxes and then die? On top of that, we also have to work to afford our vehicle to get to work in other places and afford gas just to get to work. And we also have to pay taxes for our roads to drive on to get to work. With the privilege of food, which we should just be able to have, pretty much just work and die. Let's not forget about life insurance just in case we almost die. And then we have to work for our children to go to school to learn how to work. So our children know how to work for their children so that their children can go to school and go to work. Like, somebody tell me that this is fair. Like, is it lazy to just want to enjoy life? Like, why do we, why do we have to work? Why? Nobody's making you work. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't. Don't work. Do less. Don't get life insurance. Because that's actually for when you mm-hmm. die. No. Anyway. Don't buy food. Yeah. <laughs> don't drive on the roads. Don't do anything. <sighs> this is one of those great... Here's the problem. She says... Like one of the first things she she says a, <laughs> about things is like we have to work to buy food, which we should just be able to have. How do you get the food? You know, they, itself? You know the old saying: "Money doesn't grow on trees." Food <laughs> actually grows on trees. Food does grow Why on don't trees. You plant yourself a food tree. You got to work. It's <laughs> like someone has to plant the tree, and someone has to make sure it stays in good shape and bears as much fruit as it possibly can. I mean, she could go back to the sixteen and seventeen hundreds if she mm-hmm. wants to. You have to work to buy a car. So you can go to work like, no, someone should just work so they can give you a car. (laughs) So you're still saying people have to work because the things have to be created. So this goes back to how many years have we been saying this? What the socialist mindset is that I shouldn't have to work, but other people should have to work to supply things to me, Mm. but I shouldn't have to work. Well, what about that person who's making the car? They shouldn't have to work. So who's going to make the car? Well, they, someone else will have to, well, then that means they have to work. Well, if we all have the right to not work, then none of us are ever going to have anything. Everyone already has the right not to work. Yeah. It's just you don't have suck. to work. Go pillage through the forest well, hunt for your food. Costco says start a garden, but guess what? That's also known as work. That takes time. You got to expend some effort to go out there. And that's what people used to have to do. And if you want to have... Like, if you want to have your ridiculous face piercings and face tattoos and do all your tie-dye sealing in your car and stuff like that, then you're going to have to go work and produce things of value so you can get things of value from other people that they're producing. Because she didn't make that piercing or tattoo or face or anything like that like other people had to produce yeah. this the car didn't come with that tie-dye ceiling which just trade that's all we're doing you make you have something of value that you provide some people that don't make anything their only thing of value that they have is their time and their labor and they can offer that they can hit some buttons for for some time until the robot learns how to do it yeah and then and then this part the, the i think the real dumb though is this person this dr jebra fauche Fauci. Fauci. <laughs> I don't think she's a real doctor. No. Anyway, she says... But she has a white coat on. The circle of life can be summed up like this. You're born, you work, pay taxes, and then die. Following generations, repeat the process. This girl gets it. Thanks, Doc. <laughs> That's awesome. I just feel like you can't explain basic concepts to these people. Do you it's think- like... How do you get... Just 
You think people in socialist countries didn't have to be born and then work and then pay to their government or whatever and then and then die? You think that people before these governments or before we had capitalism or whatever as a system, you think that those people weren't born and then had to work every day of their lives to survive until they died at the age of 38 from old age. Only got a couple of years yeah, left. I know. I'm no wonder your there. shoulders falling apart. I'm like a, Think it back you know. to like the American Indians. I would say that that's pretty good. Yeah. Like, because they didn't really have like governments, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they still had tribes, still had chiefs. They elected chiefs or it was the chiefs line, bloodline yeah, or whatever. They got the chiefs. So they still had some form of organization. It, I don't know if they had laws, but I'm sure they, they weren't okay with you just killing people probably <laughs> inside not. your own tribe mm-hmm. for no reason. Probably not. So they probably had some form of law, some kind of moral code. But anyway, they didn't, um, I guess they didn't have jobs except each you person had to, probably had something. That you had they to make did. clothes yeah. or you had to hunt or mm-hmm. you had to pillage mm-hmm. other tribes for their stuff or you had to trade with them. You had to make... It's, you had to make a cups out of horns that the or human, you had to, to go down to the river to get water like the, or you had to build fires or you had to take care of the children or you had to also known as work. You had to garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you had just to, weren't exchanging money for it. So it wasn't as efficient as what we have right now. By the way, you could still go do those things. If you, you would, don't consider that work, go do it. Then you can go do that. Still do that but in America, but that's still work. That's it, it is. is. It's technically still the work. human. The human condition requires some type of labor to survive. Yeah, from the time you're a child, like you must expend labor, or you'll just die. In fact, animals are the same way. Well, they she must said, go out though, and find food and water. We just enjoy life. <laughs> How are you going to enjoy it if first you don't all, have a bunch of slaves out there making stuff for first you? First of all, you have to define enjoyment. What does enjoyment look like to you? Some people enjoy being productive in society. <laughs> I wouldn't enjoy it if I wasn't being productive. I know. Everyone always talks about retirement. I'm like, I'm, I don't think I'll ever retire. Why, you're that like, sounds boring. Like, you imagine if I come onto this podcast, I'm like, oh, God, guys, I can't wait until the day where I get to stop talking to you guys. <laughs> Like no, I'm not. A, I'm not talking about retirement. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What do you? In fact, I think st- statistics show this too. Like after people retire and they don't do anything, mm-hmm. they it's die worse. much faster. It's worse. Yeah, because you don't have. We need problems to solve. The world just doesn't hand you things. It would be amazing if you could just lay there in a house that built itself with plumbing that built itself, and you. And that the earth just magically brought the those Christmas trees from Little Debbie. <laughs> the earth just magically unwrapped that for you and placed yeah. it in your mouth. Mm-hmm. And then you moved your mouth to chew for you. And then helped you swallow by rubbing. The earth just did that <laughs> for you. Yeah. But no, you, know? you have to expend some energy to do that. <laughs> okay, we got to move on um, to Dumbly. That was all number seven, whatever you want to call it. Number eight is just going to be Nikki Haley because she's been extra dumb this week. And I will admit, I'm embarrassed that I called her. In the first Republican presidential debate, she came out swinging like she was freaking Mrs. Ron Paul out there for like the first five minutes. And then it was all downhill from there. (laughs) I got prematurely excited about Nikki. Yeah. Okay, but... She's still 
she's she still she's leans authoritarian a crazy neocon authoritarian yeah uh, is what she actually is here's one thing we just talked about this yesterday which is doing pretty well on youtube by the way i forgot to tell you oh nice thousands of tiktok users are siding with osama bin laden who murdered 3,000 Americans. This is a prime example of how our foreign enemies poison social media to advance their evil agenda. Hashtag ban TikTok. Stop <laughs> giving the Chinese Communist Party the ability to influence Americans. Stop letting them read letters that people actually wrote. Yeah. Now, to TikTok's credit, they have been banning, they have been uh, removing some of these videos because they have terms of service against promoting terrorism. And so some of these have actually been getting removed. Not really, I don't want to say to their credit, but as a rebuttal to what Nikki Haley just said, they've actually been removing some of these things. Which is ridiculous. Personally, I think it's a good idea for people to be able to read this and understand why things happen. Okay, even if it was, even if uh, most of it was dumb. Yeah, that way we know not to vote for you, Nikki. Thanks. At this point, I'm like, she is a CIA plant. She she has to be because she's like, oh, people shouldn't be reading about why Osama bin Laden detailed all of our war crimes across the globe over decades. And sure, he was upset about Sharia law like he was crazy when it comes to that whole part. And uh, he had he was several also, grievances. He had a lot of grievances. Some of them were correct. Some of them, like you, do you remember how many grievances we had in the Declaration of Independence? I forgot to mention the Declaration of Independence yesterday, yeah. but it was sounded like the grievances that were listed out yeah. on that. And I wonder, so what I wondered, I was going to mention yesterday is if he meant to list it out like the grievances to the king, that kind of thing. Very similar. And so, except, you know, TJ was writing, you know, you sit up there in your high horse castle. Yeah. Looking over across the pond at us yeah. and our and tiny Os- sheds. Osama, Osama bin Laden was like, Durka, Durka, Durka. Muhammad Jihad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, Durka, Durka, Durka. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyhow, <laughs> that's one of the things from Nikki Haley. That's dumb. People should be able to hear these things. Uh, we've also got a few videos from her. Which one should we go towards? She's uh, upset about Vivek Ramaswamy and the way that he acted in the recent debate. You know why he acted that way? Because she's a woman. What so. happens? He comes out of the gate. He hits... <laughs> the female chair of the party. He hits the female anchor. Unfortunately, not in the way that he should have. (laughs) On the platform. And then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything. I ain't saying I'm just saying. But he might have a girl problem. (laughs) I'm just saying he might have a girl problem. Okay. So he didn't actually physically hit anyone. No. So he (laughs) hates women. Uh, That's why he's attacking them. Uh, And then she has a new social media policy. If you, God, I hate, I hate this. Like if you don't want to play the game, don't get in the game. Yeah. She's, you can't go out there and be like, well, I can do the job just as well as any man. And then use the fact that you're a woman yeah, to say like, Oh, well you can't make fun of me. Cause I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. No, you don't get special privileges. If you want to be equal, be equal. Unfortunately, she wants to be now. She's like the media's pick for the Republican front runner these days. It seems like like the establishment's pick for the Republican front runner, even though she's nowhere close. And do you really want your Republican, your conservative, your Republican Party front runner to be saying, you criticize me because I'm a woman and you only criticize the person who runs the Republican Party who does nothing but lose because she's a woman. And no. that's the only reason. And then I'm not going to say anything. 
But let, I'm, I'm going to say something. Yeah, but I'm saying <laughs> maybe it. he has a girl problem. Not saying it, but I don't. I don't know if the guy has a girl problem. All right, here we when go. I, um, no, he didn't have a girl problem. He's rich. He can get over girls he wants. Isn't he married? Yeah, too? he's married. He's married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, here's her social media plan. When I get into office, the first thing we have to do, social media accounts, social media companies, they have to show America their algorithms. Let us see why they're pushing what they're pushing. The second thing is every person on social media should be verified by their name. That's First of all, it's a national security threat. When you do that, all of a sudden people have to stand by what they say. And it gets rid of the Russian bots, the Iranian bots, and the Chinese bots. And then you're going to get should some civility when people know their name what a great idea yeah what a great idea for the party of the federal government has been weaponized against conservatives to come out and say we need to register that you need to register everyone on social media that way the government knows exactly who it is that's saying every single thing when we have a government founded by people who used pseudonyms to write the federalist papers <laughs> in the first place yeah because they it's just Good Lord. I hope no one's fallen for this mess. I really do. It's one big party. It is. Republicans and Democrats. They're the, the same. <sighs> okay. Um, you got Trump out there, free college. Nikki Haley wanting to register everyone. You got to put your actual name on God. And you got to verify. Which is going to disproportionately companies. affect people of color because they don't, they have, don't have IDs. Licenses. This is a racist policy. This is. It is. Yeah. Man. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go on to the very last one. The Economist, which is a super old publication from the UK, uh, says that Trump presents the world's biggest danger in 2024. Donald Trump does. So this is number nine. The Economist says former President Trump presents the world's biggest danger in 2024. The respected 180-year-old British newspaper said a second Trump term would be a watershed in a way the first was not and the fate of the world will depend on the ballots of tens of thousands of voters in just a handful of states in the 2024 presidential election. Like, how can that be democracy if only tens of thousands of people get to decide? I don't know. <laughs> the, the Economist said in its annual World Ahead Guide Thursday that another four years of Trump in the White House would be more dang- damaging than his previous term. China and its friends would rejoice over the evidence that Americans that American democracy is dysfunctional. American dis- democracy is dysfunctional if the people vote to elect Donald Trump in mm-hmm. 2024. It's not dysfunctional if... They don't vote to elect Donald Trump. I don't know if you're, you know, picking up Mm -hmm. what they're laying down. And Beijing could easily miscalculate over Taiwan with catastrophic consequences. Uh, And Russian President Vladimir Putin would have an incentive to fight on in Ukraine. Yeah, because he invaded Ukraine while Trump was in office. Yeah. Yeah, you've got great evidence that when Trump was in office, the world was way worse. And you have evidence that he's backing off now that Mm -hmm. Biden's president. Yeah, (laughs) definitely Biden is holding off Russia and Ukraine. That's great. Great idea, everyone. The greatest threat Trump poses is to his own country, the economist argues. The moral authority of the U.S. would decline because America will have voted him in while knowing the worst. That is, that he is Hitler. I'm kidding. Uh, While pursuing his enemies, Trump will wage war on any institution that stands in his way, including the courts and the Department of Justice, the economist. That kind of makes me want to have him in office, honestly, but I don't believe that he would actually do He'll wage war against all of the corrupt regulators that aren't voted in. You know, I don't think he'll actually do it because he didn't do it the first time. They spied on his campaign and then he become president. And you know what he did? He 
signed on for a new agency, CISA, CISA, in 2018. That has done even more spying, and we just learned probably because in the in the room they'll be like, we promise we won't spy on you yeah. anymore if you just if we, you just we just learned some more Twitter files type stuff that CISO is one of the ones directing some of the uh, censorship that was going on, and that was something that Trump signed off on after his freaking campaign was spied on. So no, I don't think Trump's going to do anything, honestly, and it doesn't matter if he does. If you keep the institutions in place anyway, they're just going to get replaced with with evil snakes afterwards mm. and it'll be even worse <sighs> regardless 2024 is gonna be fun for us on the podcast <laughs> for us as americans <laughs> you have so much anxiety just so right you know now. it's gonna be terrible yeah. if trump wins it'll be terrible because the left is the most terrible vermin that exists on this planet <laughs> okay and we're gonna have to listen to them talk loudly there's for four such years. bad losers okay yeah. and if trump and the right isn't much better if trump loses then people on the right, I don't know what they're going to do. If he loses and he goes to prison, that might actually be the Civil War time that happens because mm. they're going to try to stage a freaking prison break for him or something. Are you calling? They're going to try to break him out of his own house arrest. Are you calling okay. for a Civil War? <laughs> no, I'm not calling for it. I'm saying January 6th was a cakewalk of all cakewalks, which was already kind of a cakewalk. But uh, I think it'll get way worse. Regardless, oh, it's going to be terrible. This is a tough vote. Yeah, so let's get the votes in. Go sign up at the Fed Haters Club by going to goodmorningliberty.us. That's the new website Nate just designed. It looks good, man. Thank you. Good job. Appreciate Uh, you. Anyway, go to goodmorningliberty.us. That's the point of this. Or don't. I don't care either way. Go uh, share uh, share the show with a friend. Or not. (laughs) Again, I don't care. Vote in the dumb bleep of the week. Or don't. I don't really care. Either way, looks like uh, Pink is going to win this one. Yep. Any mail-in ballots? We got to count? Uh, they come in tomorrow night. Okay. So, so this might... I'll let you know. After I get done printing them. This might change. Yeah. Um, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you do or don't do all those things, Pink won. I'm calling it. Until Pink. Nate changes the vote tomorrow. Pink is the winner. Pink wins. Don't believe the week. Go to joingmail.com so you can vote every week on what the dumbest thing was. And make sure you find our daily podcast, Good Morning Liberty, on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next week. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact porcupinerealestate.com.